0: Today's episode of Tequila and Beer Pong is sponsored by Mako Manor Clothing Company. Live free. We have all worn hundreds of thousands of different types of apparel, but Mako Manor's 100% cotton never fails. If you want a comfortable fit for a night out or just an adventure, try Mako Manor. So in today's episode of Tequila and Beer Pong, We will be previewing the 2022 NFL season, kickoff Thursday with the Rams taking on the Bills, and we will actually start with the Buffalo Bills. We'll go division by division, starting with the AFC East, and of course, Buffalo is the favorite to win the Super Bowl by far. They're also the best team uh, on a neutral field. They'd be favored by six and a half points, win total 12, and According to PFF War, they're the third best team in the NFL. They do have some weaknesses on their roster, such as the offensive line, but Josh Allen should be able to mitigate that. So we'll, we'll start here with Buffalo and, of course, two guests on the podcast with Anthony and Derek. And I'll let you start, Anthony. What do you think about the Buffalo Bills in 2022?
1: Um, very high on the Buffalo Bills, sure. Um, the Von Miller addition was definitely huge. I'm excited to see what he does with that defensive line and the mentoring. They have a beast at D-tackle, like Ed Oliver Jr. I'm very excited to see what they do. Trey White comes back week four, and I think that's really what's going to make them even better throughout the season when he stays healthy. And I think Von Miller was the pass rusher they needed. Um, They are missing that in the Kansas City game in the divisional round, and I think that's why they lost. But now with a good edge rusher, I think they can get after the passer and make that defense better Um, for Buffalo. Everyone's super high on them. I feel like anything below making it to the Super Bowl will be below expectations for the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, definitely. In that divisional game against Kansas City, I would definitely say that Buffalo's pass rush was lacking. Now, even though they did have the number one defense last year, according to DVOA, their pass rush was a little bit weak, so that's why Von Miller's such a huge addition. But also, a lot of people are forgetting, like you said, that Trey White's coming back. And when they played Kansas City, when you have to match up against Hill and Kelsey, uh, of course, now it will just be Kelsey if they play Kansas City, really. But having White back to lock down a Travis Kelsey, that's huge for Buffalo. Uh, And we'll get into Super Bowl predictions later. Uh, But most people would have Buffalo winning the Super Bowl. Uh, And we can actually switch over now. Well, before switching over, we can give our record predictions for Buffalo. Uh, So I guess I'll start. I'll go Buffalo twelve and five. So according to Vegas, their win total is eleven and a half. I'll take the over. I'll go twelve and five. I think this is the best team in the NFL and Josh Allen is could be the best quarterback in the NFL this
1: season. Uh for Buffalo I see that they have the eighteenth easiest uh schedule. So I'm gonna say they're gonna go thirteen and four. Um, I feel like they're gonna be a all around team when Trey White comes back. With some maybe early losses in the beginning of the season with uh, chemistry and growing pains. But I think at the end, they'll be 13-4. and four.
2: I agree with Anthony. I think they're going to be 13-4. and four. I think they are the best team in the NFL right now. And I think it's Super Bowl or Bust for the Buffalo Bills. All right, great. Well,
0: now we can move on to Derek's team, which is the Miami Dolphins. A lot of exciting things to talk about with Miami. Um, Miami's win total is projected at 8.5, so Vegas thinks they'll go 9-8. and eight. On a neutral field, they'd be a one-point underdog, so Vegas has them as around average. Uh, according to PFF War, they're the 14th best roster in the NFL, uh, slightly above average, and I'm really excited to watch the Dolphins this season because I think this is going to be Tua's breakout year. He finally has weapons that can separate Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, uh, and others as well. And his O-line, it's still not that good of an O-line. It's actually ranked 23rd in the NFL, but it's much improved from a 32nd ranked O-line last year. With Mike McDaniel and that offense and all the running backs and just all of the yards after catch, this is going to be a very explosive offense, uh, and I'm really excited to see you know, how this plays out. I think Tua can definitely be a top 15 quarterback this season. Uh, so Miami for a record prediction, I'll go at 10 and seven. So I'll have them in the wild card round. And uh, Anthony, what do you think about Miami?
1: Love Miami this year, to be honest. Um, I think Teron Armstead, the big signing, was the left tackle from New Orleans. He is probably the third best left tackle in the NFL. And it's a huge signing for an offensive line that showed last year. You went out and you got Connor Williams. Not high on Connor Williams but he was definitely a lot better than whatever Miami was going to have at left guard this season without him but with the big signing of Tyreek Hill and now you have Jalen Waddell you got Raheem Mostert you got Chase Edmonds you have tons of speed out there to do whatever you want with that offense especially with an offensive guru like Mike McDaniels that offense is gonna be super fun to watch and the defense is still really good I like Javon Holland back there in his second year Xavier Howard, Byron Jones is going to be a great secondary. And they have a lot of beef up front in the front four. Trey Flowers, Emmanuel Ogba, Melvin Ingram, Christian Wilkins. So I think this is a pretty good roster. I think they're being undervalued at 14, corner PFF. But um, I have the Dolphins going 11-6, and six, which is going to be second in the AFC East and a wild-card spot in the playoffs. Nice.
2: I think Tua's going to break out this year. I think Miami's going to go 11-6. and six. And I have us making the divisional round in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, so with Miami, one, another thing, like I'm really excited for the offense. I'm also really interested about the defense, how that's going to change from Brian Flores to Mike McDaniel. I'm really interested to see, just because Flores was such a great defensive coach in the NFL, I want to see how much this defense regresses. So that's going to be a true testament to the talent on the Miami defense versus the scheme. So that's actually something that I'm really looking forward to. But overall Miami is definitely going to be a super fun team to watch this season. So now moving on to the New England Patriots. They are the 17th best roster in the NFL according to PFF War, slightly below average. On a neutral field, they'd be a 0.5 underdog and their win total is 8.5. So this is a very average New England team, and I'm really excited to see how Mac Jones will do in year two. He was exceptional for a rookie quarterback in week one. Uh, I'm also pretty nervous just because I'm not sure if Bill Belichick is doing enough to surround Jones with an elite weapon, you know, with Joe Burrow. he has Jamar Chase, and Josh Allen has Stefan Diggs. And, you know, Justin Herbert, he has Keenan Allen. And Mac Jones, he has Kendrick Bourne. So it's just not the same. And I'm really looking forward in the future to see if Belichick can surround him with an elite weapon. Now, these weapons aren't horrible. It's just a lot of, you know, slightly above average guys. There's no no one that really scares you on this offense. Now, the offensive line is still exceptional. So this will be a team that is... Running the ball a lot with a really good backfield in Harris and Stevenson. And defensively, there are a lot of worries as well. Uh, between the secondary, you know, we used to have J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore, and now it's Jalen Mills and Marcus Jones and Miles Bryant. So there's a huge drop off in the secondary. Safeties are still great on this team. I do worry about the linebackers. There's a lot of unproven guys in the linebacking core. And they really need to get faster. I think they did that with signings like uh, Mac Wilson and Josh Uche should play some more this season. Still not anyone that really scares me on the defensive line in terms of pass rushers. I don't think Judon is elite. So for the Patriots this season, uh, we said that their win total is 8.5. So I'll take the over on that. I'll go with 9-8. and eight. So what do you think about New England mm-hmm.
1: So, with New England, it's not the best of rosters. I feel like this is kind of one like the worst rosters we've seen in a while with New England, for sure. I mean, Cole Strange in the first round, I feel everyone was like, who, what, when Belichick took him. But, I mean, he's going to be starting at left guard on a pretty good offensive line, so I don't think it should be that bad. I think the whole line is definitely the biggest strength on this team, if I had to say what their strength was. I think it's going to be a lot of ground-and-pound football. Damien Harris from Stevenson and their defense, big loss with JC Jackson. I mean, you have Jalen Mills out there at corner now, and um he's just not that good. I'm just gonna be honest, he stinks. Um the linebacking core is very unproven, and the only think the only blossom on the Pat's D line right now is Christian Barmore, second year coming in from Alabama. Um, I think he's gonna have a pretty big year. But um you know, it never count on Belichick. So I think this team is gonna go eight and, nine, nine and 8 I don't see them getting any more than nine wins if they were to surprise Yeah, I agree people. with you on that. Eight and nine or nine and eight. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to see maybe what Mac Jones does now in his second year, but I don't have too high hopes. I think about eight and nine, nine and eight is gonna be the Patriots' prediction.
2: Yeah, there's nothing on this team that excites me. So I'm gonna predict New England going seven and ten. I think Bill Belichick's in over his head having Matt Patricia run the offense and I think it's gonna cause a lot, lot of problems for Matt Jones and the rest of the team.
1: Oh yeah, especially with Joe Judge too. Oh the guy called QB sneak on third and nine for the Giants. That's not who I want calling plays.
0: Yeah, so this is a really interesting test for Belichick in the post Brady era because his coaching and also how he's been as a GM has certainly declined in the past four, five, six, seven years. And there's a big question of, has he been able to adapt to the new era of the NFL? And we'll probably be able to answer that question in the next three to five years. But this is really an interesting case study of how is Bill Belichick really going to do in this post-Brady era. So that's certainly interesting. And now we'll move on to the New York Jets. According to PFF War, they have the 25th ranked roster in the NFL. So it's actually... A lot better than previous Jets rosters that normally rank like 30th, 31st, or 32nd. So, hey, for Jets fans, maybe it is something to look forward to. So, on a neutral field, they would be six-point underdogs against the average team. And their win total, according to Vegas, is 5.5. So, one thing about the Jets, I will say, is they have really improved their offensive line. According to PFF, it's the 13th-ranked offensive line in the NFL, So that I'm really excited for because coming out of college, I really like Zach Wilson at BYU, and I still think he can be a good quarterback in this league. I just want the Jets to surround him with capable weapons, and they do have some good weapons now. Uh, Corey Davis, who broke out a few years ago in Tennessee. Elijah Moore actually had a pretty decent year last season in his rookie campaign, and now they get Garrett, Garrett Wilson as well, so the Jets have sneaky good weapons. They have a sneaky good O-line. So I'm really hoping that maybe Zach Wilson can break out this season. He really needs to cut down on the turnovers. Uh, in terms of the Jets' defense, um, so the, I wouldn't say it's a terrible defense. And obviously uh, Sauce Gardner is going to be really interesting to watch. And they actually did get Jordan Whitehead from Tampa, who is a, an excellent safety um, they have some other pieces, Quan Alexander, linebacker, and Carl Lawson, defensive end. So I wouldn't say it's, you know, anything special, but I wouldn't say it's a bad defense.
1: No, this Jets team is not that bad, actually. Um, the only thing I do have to say with the Jets is that they do have the fifth hardest schedule in the NFL for such a young and growing team. Um, They do have weapons for Zach Wilson. They did get an upgrade on the O-line with Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers. But I think losing Mekhi Becton is huge as he's, you know, one of the best linemen on that team. Uh, already injuries are becoming a problem for him. But I think this team shines with the front four. Um, love John Franklin Myers. Love Quinn Williams. And uh, even Sheldon Rankins as a D-tackle, too, is amazing. And my biggest thing for them was getting Jermaine Johnson in the second round, who many believe thought was going to be a first-round draft pick. Um, but they got him late, Sorry, they got him late, really late in the first round, twenty six. A lot of people had him going, fifteen, earlier than that even. And for the Jets, I think just cause due to uh, them being young and their strength of schedule, I do have the Jets going six and eleven, last in the AFC East.
2: Yeah, I have six and eleven as well. What about yeah, I you? Them going five and twelve. I do think this team is a team of the future, but I think they have to go through growing pains right now. And uh, I got them at five and twelve.
0: All right, so let's switch over to the AFC North. We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. According to PFF War, they're the 13th-ranked roster. And on a neutral field, they'd be a two-point favorite against an average team. Their win total is pretty high at 10.5, so Vegas thinks they'll have around 11 wins. Obviously, this team was decimated by injuries last season with J.K. Dobbins being out and I believe also... Uh, Marcus Peters was out last season. Uh, I do think this team is being a little bit overrated by the markets. I think the markets have this team definitely winning the division. And I just don't really know about that because other than Lamar Jackson in 2019, when he was all time, since then he's, I know he's been hurt, but he really has regressed a lot. And their offensive line for Baltimore, it's ranked 17th, so it's around pretty average. And other than Mark Andrews, there's really no elite weapon. I guess you could call J.K. Dobbins an elite weapon. So this team is really going to have to run the ball, and their O-line isn't spectacular. Defensively, uh, it's okay, but it's not like the Baltimore defenses of the past. Of course, they have Campbell, who's getting up there in age, and... I mean, so is Justin Houston. Obviously, I think the secondary is the strength of this defense with, you know, Humphrey and Peters. They have Marcus Williams at safety. So I'm not as high on Baltimore as Vegas is. I would have them probably going 10 and 7. And I think they could possibly miss the playoffs with tiebreakers.
1: Yeah, I have to say I agree with that. I think ten seven for the Ravens is pretty fair. Um, to be honest, I do like the Tyler Linderbaum pick. I like the Kyle Hamilton pick that they got. They had a pretty good draft, I would like to say.
0: Oh, they're but, a super good drafting team. Always Yeah,
1: so. I agree with that. Their secondary is very strong. Um, uh, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, Kyle Fuller, you know, Peters, that's a great secondary uh Chuck Clark. Great secondary. Um, their edge rushers are pretty old with Clays Campbell and Justin Houston, so I think it's gonna be a lot of coverage sacks. My thing is the offense; they don't have receivers. Um, maybe Rashad Bateman breaks out, but we'll see how J.K. Dobbins does back. Um, coming from injury, but I think the Ravens ten and seven. Um, this isn't you know the best roster they've had. I think they definitely need to go out and get a wide receiver one sometime soon. And I wonder what they're going to do if Lamar Jackson is going to be here next year. You know, he's representing himself, which you got to respect. Trying to get his contract, trying to get his money. And I think he deserves a big contract, to be honest. He does a lot for that team, I feel like, with no weapons. um, So I had them
2: 10-7. Yeah, I Baltimore going 10-7. And, and I also think Lamar Jackson is going to try to do too much, knowing that he wants to get that contract with the Baltimore Ravens. And I think it's just going to cause chemistry problems. So I got them going, 10 and 7. I also wonder if him doing too much could lead to a higher risk of injury. I feel like he Uh, does a lot every year, though,
1: with those. No, but just taking,
0: like, unnecessary hits, maybe. I
1: don't Uh, know. He's pretty shifty. Not many hit him.
0: He he is. But you just wonder with this contract stuff, you know, how is that going to affect his play?
1: I think he has the mindset of, like, like, you've seen what he's done, pay me. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting storyline throughout this NFL season.
0: Definitely. So now we'll move on to the reigning AFC champions in the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, last year was insane because I think most people had the Bengals going 5-12, and 12 and they ended up in the Super Bowl. And this offense is pretty incredible with Joe Burrow and his connection to Jamar Chase. Arguably the best wide receiver core in the NFL with Chase, Higgins, and Boyd. According to PFF War, they have the second best roster in the NFL. So this is pretty interesting that according to War, Cincinnati is exceptional. But according to the markets, the markets are not as high on Cincinnati. They're only two-point favorites against an average team on a neutral field. And the projected 9.5 wins, so 10-7. and I'm definitely higher on Cincinnati than the markets. Last season, Joe Burrow was the highest graded quarterback, according to PFF, including playoffs. And he was also, I believe, number three in PFF War, only behind Brady and Herbert. So, and especially now, I mean, the offensive line is the eighth-ranked offensive line in the NFL, according to PFF. Last year, it was in the 20s. So how is Joe Burrow going to do with a top 10 offensive line. I mean, that's going to be a huge boost for Burrow, a guy that his biggest problem is taking sacks more than he should, and now he should have the offensive line to make sure he has more time in the pocket to go through his reads. Defensively, Cincinnati is a pretty solid defense. It's probably a top 15 defense. They have a lot of studs, especially at safety with Von Bell and Jesse Bates and some exceptional pass rushers with Hendrickson, who was spectacular again last year, and also Sam Hubbard. So this is a really good team. I have I know the markets have Baltimore winning the division, but I have Cincinnati winning the division at 11-6. and six. A lot of people are talking about Cincinnati regressing, uh, but I just think the roster is too good to regress.
1: Yeah, I don't know why they have them this low. Um, to be honest, I think the Bengals easily win the AFC north and if this was going to be a team that the bills lose to this would be the team that would take down buffalo for sure um they just got huge upgrades on the offensive line with Leo collins and alice kappa so i think that right side of their line is totally solidified now this team just needs to stay healthy and they'll be golden um you know Jer- joe burrow obviously has one of the best receiver trios in the nfl and this defense isn't terrible. Like you said, Trey uh, Henderson broke out last year with the Bengals. Like that secondary with Bates. Uh, they do have Mike Hilton, who is known to be one of the best slot corners in the league. So I like this team a lot. I actually have the Bengals going 12-5. and 5. Even though they have a really hard schedule this year, they do have the roster to compete, and I think they are better than a lot of the teams in the NFL. Zach Taylor is a great young coach up and coming. I love it. I think the Bengals are going to have a great year.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I've got them going 12 and 5 and I have them in the AFC Championship against Buffalo Bills.
1: So, I uh, here's a question I wanted to ask you. Do you think the Dolphins and Bengals could meet in the playoffs?
2: Both of them? Yes. yes. Uh, play each matchup? other play each other in the playoffs? Yes. I think it depends on the bracket, but yeah, I can see them. That going. would be
1: a fun matchup to watch. Too high oh yeah that offenses. could be
2: a potential that could be the seven two
0: matchup it could be the six three yeah, matchup I mean, we'll have a preview week four
1: yep that's gonna it be yep. oh that'll that's be a what great i was wanting to know too that's gonna be an explosive so that, game yeah, that's that, gonna be fun to watch
2: that could be a preview for the playoff yeah have
1: definitely. they ever played Burrow and tua
2: the last time miami played cincinnati Burrow was actually hurt oh okay yeah, yeah that's it, a it was, was, wow so it's gonna be yeah. like
0: alabama lsu all over again. that's gonna, yeah. That's yeah, gonna, gonna, gonna be a great great game yeah so now we can move on to the Cleveland Browns, probably the biggest question marks out of any team in the NFL. We don't have a PFF war ranking for Cleveland because they're going to switch quarterbacks from Burset to Watson later in the season. And this has just been a really tricky team for the markets. Uh, they're two point underdogs against an average team on a neutral field. But of course, that's going to change with Watson and their win totals at eight and a half. So nine and eight. Uh, so Cleveland still has the number two ranked offensive line in the NFL, an exceptional offensive line for Jacoby Brissett and efe- eventually Deshaun Watson. Uh, but they definitely have problems with weapons now. D- Najoku is great, Chubb is spectacular, Kareem Hunt if he plays. But my problem would be the wide receivers outside of Amari Cooper. Uh, they're they're pretty weak at wide receiver defensively they do have a really good defense they have a lot of speed on defense miles garrett one of the top 5 best defensive players in the nfl uh, they also have clowney opposite of him and jok was sensational last year and i only think he's going to get better at the linebacker position really good secondary too john johnson the 3rd is a fantastic free safety and they have some quick corners with ward and newsom so this is a pretty. This is a really good roster. There's just too many question marks. Like, Deshaun Watson's not going to play for what is it, twelve games? Like eleven, eleven games. 11 games. You know, so
1: too much time in that massage yeah.
0: parlour room. <laughs> so by then, I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to make playoffs. Uh, so I, I actually would have Cleveland at around like nine and eight, missing the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um. Just because of the whole quarterback situation still an amazing O-line. I think this is just another ground-and-pound team. Obviously, you have Nick Chubb, who I think is easily a top-five running back in the NFL. He's a beast. Love him. And then, obviously, you talk about the defense. You have the best edge rusher in the NFL, Miles Garrett. If you're not including Aaron Donald, obviously, I think it's Miles Garrett. Um, But the defense is pretty strong, especially J.O.K., like you said. Big steal in the draft last year. He's just going to get better. I love Denzel Ward. John Johnson's a beast. This is a good defense. I think this team can surprise, even with Brissett at quarterback. But, you know, Amari Cooper does have his concerns, you know, being injuries at times. I like Anthony Schwartz. He's a speedster. I'm uh, excited to see what they do with him. But I think this Cleveland team, just due to, you know, their quarterback, if they can win some games, they do have the eighth easiest schedule in the NFL. So they do win some games, and Watson comes back week 11, week 12, and they're, like, in a good position. This team can probably go, like, 9, 8, 10, and 6 with Watson if he comes back and they have a good record.
0: And they probably but, have one of the best running back rooms in the NFL. Yeah, Maybe if Kareem
1: Hunt plays, though, because if, if, yeah. I know he wants They out. also
0: have uh, Johnson, too. Yep. I so. just think it's going to be too
2: late. Yeah, when I Watson agree. Comes back, yeah, we'll yeah. see,
1: though. But they they have the roster hold up an average. You just need some average quarterback play on yeah. yeah. the set. I
2: have Cleveland going 8 and 9.
1: Yeah, even if Cleveland went 10-6, like I said, or 9-8, I think they still make playoffs just due to the crazy AFC West and Miami this year stepping up. So what do you have them? I would say the Browns probably go about 9-8, 10-6. 10-7. 10-7, yep. All right,
0: so moving on now to the Pittsburgh Steelers. According to PFF War, 27th-ranked roster, so it's not a good roster and on a neutral field, they'd be three-point underdogs. Their win total is at seven and a half. A lot of question marks with Pittsburgh, too, just at the quarterback position. Trubisky was just named the starter. Obviously, Kenny Pickett is going to be really interesting if he ever gets a chance. Uh, they do have some decent weapons. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and Pat Friermuth. Uh The offensive line, though. That is a huge concern. The 30th-ranked offensive line, and it was terrible last year. I mean, that is just not going to be good for the quarterbacks on that team. And defensively, they've regressed a lot. Uh, The secondary is actually not very good at all outside of Minka Fitzpatrick. And the reason Pittsburgh's defense can be pretty solid is because of that really good defensive line with one of the best players in the NFL and T.J. Watt and also Cameron Hayward. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not very high on Pittsburgh at all. I would probably have them going 7-10 and 10 just because there's too many question marks with quarterback and offensive line.
1: Yeah, this O-line is terrible. They got James Daniels from Chicago. He's pretty good, and that's the only bright spot. I love this receiver room, though. You know, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Claypool I think is a pretty solid roster. You know, they let Juju walk. I think that's fine. Um But Dan Moore Jr., left tackle, has had a strong preseason, so we'll see if he can hold it up in the regular season, but obviously the front seven is where this team really shines with T.J. Watt, Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Alex Highsmith, who's been playing well, Larry Ogunjobi, you know, this is a good front seven, Cameron Hayward, so I think this front seven is really the strong point of this team along with their receivers, but I just saw that Mitch Trubinsky has officially been named the starter for week one. So I'm kind of excited to see how he does maybe. But I think Kenny, Picknett, uh, Kenny Pickett is eventually going to start maybe around week six, you know, mid-season, I would say. But I think a lot of things we need to talk about. No one really likes to talk about Mike Tomlin. And I think he's one of the greatest coaches ever. We never hear him when people talk about coaching. He, I Has he ever had a losing season?
0: Uh, I'm not sure if he's ever had a losing season, but I completely agree with you. Like Tomlin is so underrated, and he's just been spectacular even with mediocre rosters, and it just seems like he always has his team in position to at least make playoffs.
1: Yeah. So um, I'm going to put the Steelers at seven and nine. I know this sounds seven crazy. And 10. Seven and ten. Seven and ten. Seven and 10. Seven and 10. <laughs> keep forgetting those seventeen games. Seven and ten. I know this sounds crazy. I think a lot of people would have them lower. But well, their, their win total is
0: projected 7.5, so... I have them 6-11. and 11.
1: I would say 7-10, and 10, only because of the yeah. good coaching, and they do get a front 7. Mm-hmm. They have receivers, but the O-line worries me. I mean, obviously you have Najee Harris to feed, but I mean, he already had a huge workload his rookie year. I mean, how much more can he take before something happens to him?
2: Yeah, but he averaged under... Four yards a carry. Yeah, so he that did average. That line yeah, it's from yeah, it's He's terrible. He averaged
1: very bad yards per carry, but he also was fed the ball like about twenty oh, times yeah. plus a game. So we'll see. I had them going seven and ten.
0: All right. So now we can transition to the AFC South. We'll start with the Houston Texans. They have the worst roster in the NFL, according to PFF War. They also would be a six-point underdog on a neutral field against an average team. And they have the lowest win total per Vegas at four and a half. So, yeah, I mean, this team obviously is terrible. And they'll be competing to draft Bryce Young uh, from Alabama. And, I mean, if you just look at this team, there are some interesting things like uh, the running back Pierce. He'll be pretty interesting to see. I actually am pretty excited to watch him play. Davis Mills actually had some bright spots last season. He wasn't good, but in a few games, even against Bill Belichick, actually, was maybe his best game of the season. He absolutely shredded the New England defense, which was a very good defense last year. So Davis Mills did show some bright spots, and their offensive line, not very good. So they just they aren't really supporting Mills with a lot to work with, other than Brandon Cooks, who Cooks is actually very good. I think he's underrated defensively. Uh there's not a lot to be interested in defensively with Houston. Personally, I'm really excited to see Derek Stingley Jr., one of my favorite players of all time in college. Uh one of the best cornerback prospects in the history of college football. So I'm just really excited to see how Stingley does in the NFL. But not a lot to talk about with this team. I'll say they'll go uh five and twelve. Yeah, five and twelve is probably exactly what I would have
1: them at. Um I'm excited to see what Davis Mills does. He's not... I feel like he did shine at times. You know, no one really knew who he was. But he did step in and have some good games with the Texans, which don't really have a roster for him. Brandon Cooks is obviously the best offensive player on this team. You know, he puts up a 1,000-yard seasons all the time, no matter who his quarterback is, what team he's on. And I feel like he's never really talked about. But... I mean, unfortunately, what happened to John Mechie, the cancer and all that, he won't be playing this season, and I was very excited to see what he could do, but I love the Kenyon Green pick from Texas A&M in the first round on their own line. Excited to see what Damian Pierce can do, but other than that, this team's not exciting. I mean, defense, you have Derek with Jr. I like Desmond King. He's one of the best slot corners in the league, probably right behind Mike Hilton, so maybe that secondary can have some flashes and shine, but... Other than that, this team's about five and twelve last in the AFC South.
2: Yeah. I actually do like Mills and I don't think Houston is gonna be looking for a quarterback in next year's draft, but I do have them going six and eleven and I really like the uh Damian pass pick and I think that's mm-hmm. gonna you know, make their run game a whole lot better than what, what was last year. So yeah. you think
0: Mills is going to be so say, so you said that they're gonna go six and eleven? Yes. So you think if they have a top five or top ten pick, they won't go quarterback? I don't think they
2: will. Um, I, I, I would, it would, would have, have to like
0: depend who's
1: there. Sport. I feel like, you know, if they're in if the, Young if, or Stroud, if they're in the contention for Will Anderson Jr. dead from Bama, I think that's who they'd have to go with. He's easily the best player coming out of that draft class. But I said five and twelve just because Texans do have the fourth hardest schedule in the NFL and they do not have the roster to
2: compete with. Top-tier teams. Yeah, I do like Mills. So I don't think they're going to go quarterback next year.
1: I
0: think if Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud are available, so say they have the one or two pick, they're going to have to go quarterback just because there's too much value to that pick in terms of wins compared to any other position in the NFL. It's always good to have another as many quarterbacks as you can on a rookie contract if you know that you don't have a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or a Justin Herbert or a Joe Burrow. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see where they finish. But now we'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts. According to PFF War, they're the 18th ranked roster, slightly below average. Looking at their rating on neutral field, they'd be a one point favorite against an average team on a neutral field. And their win total is at nine and a half. At first, I thought Vegas was overrating Indianapolis. Now they have kind of dropped them a little bit in their rankings in terms of wins and Super Bowl odds. Uh, But yeah, I, I thought Vegas was overrating them. Matt Ryan will be interesting to see how he does now with a good supporting cast because back in 2017, even 2018, he was a very good quarterback, and Atlanta just didn't have anything to surround him with. So now that he has Jonathan Taylor, arguably the best running back in the NFL, and also he has a very good offensive line, which he did not have In Atlanta that's going to make a huge difference now Pittman I think he's going to really shine this season outside of him they don't have a ton of weapons but I think this they're putting Matt Ryan in a huge position to succeed just like they did with Philip Rivers a few years ago so I'm excited to see Matt Ryan I've always really liked Matt Ryan and I think he's definitely underrated all time like he has put together a really good career and I don't think people appreciate it as much as they should uh defensively Stephon Gilmore now on the Indianapolis Colts. So Ooh. that's going to be exciting to watch. One of my favorite corners of all time. They also have Kenny Moore. So this is a pretty, in terms of corners, they're pretty good. Uh, one of the best linebackers in the league, and Shaquille Leonard. And obviously up front, defensive line, they have a pretty solid line with uh, Quidipe, DeForest Buckner. And, uh, I mean, this defense is probably top 15. Could, could even be higher.
1: Yeah, um, like you said about Matt Ryan, he very is underappreciated, I feel. Everyone now just knows Matt Ryan for 28-3. to Sorry to bring that up, Falcons fans, but that's all people just joke about and make fun of him for now. But he's had an amazing career, and the Colts do have a monster of an O-line. Obviously, you can't talk about this team without talking about left guard Quentin Nelson, who's easily the best left guard in the NFL and has dominated ever since he came in the league. Um, outside of Michael Pittman, I'm not excited about the weapons, but obviously you have John and Taylor to rely on by a good O-line. I think it's another ground-and-pound but Matt Ryan to me, even though he's older, is definitely IQ-wise above a game manager. Um, the defense, though, they do have a great defense. Love Bobby Okereke, love Shaquille Leonard, also known as Darius Leonard. You know, Julian Blackman just stud at safety. Kenny Moore and Gilmore is great. I like the D-line a lot. DeForest Buckner is one of the best D-tackles in the NFL. They got Yannick Nagakwe, Quiddipay, looking to uh, become strong in his second year out of Michigan. So I like the Colts. Um, I do pick them to win the AFC South. If I had to pick a team, definitely would like to pick the Colts.
0: Yeah, so do I, I have them winning the division at 10-7. and 7. Yeah. Yep,
1: so Colts actually had the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And they have
2: a pretty good yeah, roster. You have like,
1: 11-6? I have them going 11-6, which is going to be enough to win the trash AFC I guess, oh, South. Yeah. I do To see like the receiver
2: they drafted from Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. You I do like him? I think he's going to contribute to that offense as the number two receiver.
1: Yeah, I do, too. I think, you know, he's in a good system. I mean, this isn't going to be a team that's going to be passing the ball. You're not going to see, like, 300-yard passing games. It's going to be, like, a lot of running. A lot of Jonathan Taylor. Yeah,
2: but I think Matt Ryan's capable. Oh, yeah. 1, yeah, like I said, I, he's definitely
1: above a game manager, which is what I feel like they've had with Carson Wentz and a really, really old Phil Rivers.
2: Like Scott said, he finally has a good old line.
1: Yeah, and finally. Yes. You know, so this that's is good. Amazing that's good to see. For him. Yep. So now we can
0: move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to PFF War, the 26th best roster in the NFL, they'd be a five-point underdog against a neutral, uh, against an average team on a neutral field and their win total is six and a half so a lot of people are pretty high on Jacksonville because now they probably have a better coach than Urban Meyer was and Trevor Lawrence in year two one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen and now Travis Etienne is back so that's exciting Uh, also James Robinson so they have some pretty good backs now wide receiver I think the wide receivers are really similar to the Patriots a lot of slightly above average guys but no one who really scares you and their offensive line is ranked 26th so huge problem for Trevor Lawrence. I still don't think Jacksonville is doing enough to surround Lawrence with talent and a good supporting cast. Uh in fact, I think the Jets might be doing a better job of surrounding Wilson with talent than the Jaguars have done. So I'm a little bit worried about Trevor Lawrence just because of his supporting cast. I still think he's very capable to be a very good quarterback in this league. And if you look defensively, so they do have Darius Williams now from the Rams, uh, which was a pretty solid pickup, and Josh Allen on the defensive line. Uh, But this defense isn't really that good. It's not like Saxonville in 2017. Uh, So I think this team will be better than last year. I'll probably go with – Seven and ten. I think Lawrence will make a a step up. I think he'll be better. Yeah, it
1: sounds reasonable. Um, I have the Jaguars actually going about six and eleven, maybe even seven and ten. You know, twelfth easiest schedule, so they're about average schedule wise. But um, like you said, they didn't really surround Trevor Lawrence with a lot. I mean, they got Brandon Shearer from the Washington Commanders, who's an excellent guard. Um, unfortunately. I'm not a big fan of Christian Kirk being paid tons of money to be a wide receiver one in Jacksonville when all of his career he's been wide receiver 2-3 behind Hopkins in Arizona. Um, this defense, though, is kind of underrated, in my opinion. I love Josh Allen. Devon Hamilton's really good. Um, I love the Devin Lloyd pick in the first round they got in check. Griffin and Darius Williams are pretty good corners. Excited to see Andre Cisco at free safety from the Cuse. Um, and even Trayvon Walker done one pick. I don't think that he was really even the number one edge, and they took a number one. Um, I personally think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to have a better season and be better, but we will see throughout the careers. But um, I think this team's going to struggle. You know, this whole line, definitely big uh, big question marks. They did sign Evan Ingram at tight end. Athletic, but he can't catch the ball. I do know that watching him all of his all of my life as a Giants fan when he was here. <laughs> so um, I think seven and ten, six eleven is pretty reasonable for Jacksonville. Yeah,
2: I got them going five and twelve. But let okay. me ask you, if Trevor Lawrence has a bad year and they have a top two pick, do you think they move on from him? No, you can't. So that's
0: in. that's a really interesting question. So if Jacksonville had the one or the two pick, right, and they have Trevor Lawrence. Will How, well, let me ask you this. How bad of a year are you saying? Like, one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, if he's a
2: bottom five quarterback.
0: he's you know. a bottom five quarterback...
2: I would be very surprised. I don't think well, he he's, just,
0: be. he's just saying hypothetically. I, don't, I, think I, I don't think he will be either. I don't think he will be but either. But hypothetically, yeah. if he's a bottom five quarterback and is horrible... I mean, mathematically, it would make sense that you'd have to... You'd have to take another potential elite quarterback prospect in Young or Stroud or whoever else comes up. Because... Whoever else you draft, unless yeah, whoever else you draft, just in terms of wins, is not going to be even close to what a quarterback could provide. So I'm just I'm in the opinion that if you don't have a a good quarterback because and you have a one or two pick, you got to go quarterback again. You got to keep going quarterback until you find the quarterback.
1: Right. I don't know. I disagree. I I don't know how they would be able to pass up on oh. Willianiston Junior. I mean it would be Lawrence's second year only. And I feel now with quarterbacks, we're not giving a quarterback enough time to develop, and you know, be rated well. In my opinion, um, I feel like now we're just going go into like year two, and the quarterbacks are just giving up on. It's well, I'm not
0: saying I'm not saying give up on Lawrence, but I'm saying you could have a QB competition between Young and Lawrence.
1: Yeah, but I feel like you took Lawrence one overall, what two drafts ago? Now I don't think you so can who, give up who, on if he's a
2: bat up. Uh, it's like, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I know,
1: but he doesn't have the best online, and his weapons aren't super amazing. So, I feel like... Well, who's this player you want them to take? Will Anderson Jr., if they had the number what one What position? Pick, he's at edge.
0: I mean, edge is just not going to feel, affect yeah, the game like, as much.
1: Yeah, but I know, like, quarterbacks yeah, better, but I feel offense. like you want an amazing edge rusher to change the game, too. I mean, like, look at, like, Aaron Donald and Miles right, I Garrett. I but
2: that doesn't help.
0: Because then you're still stuck with Trevor Lawrence, who's I awful. I know,
1: but then, like, you know, during, like, free agency, you could try and sign weapons and stuff. like you know, I don't like, think he will be bottom front. No. I, no, like, hypothetically, yeah. I, hypothetically, I, hypothetically have to take I still to don't struggle.
0: think. I agree.
1: I don't think so. I mean, we'll see. Doug Peterson's a pretty good coach. I liked him. Uh, I'm surprised Philly moved on him. He did take Nick Foles to Super Bowl. So, I mean, we'll see.
0: Yeah, so it's interesting to see definitely on Lawrence how he's going to be this year. I, I've i always liked Lawrence. Uh Not as much as some other college quarterbacks. Like, I didn't like him as much as Barrow, but... All right, so we can move on now to the last team in the AFC South, which is the Tennessee Titans. The 15th-ranked roster, according to PFF War, slightly below average. And if we're looking at their rating on a neutral field, they'd be a .5-point underdog against an average team on a neutral field. Their win total is at 9.5, so it looks like they have the same win total as Indy. Uh, in terms of this team so tennessee 27th ranked o-line which is awful Uh, i do like Tannehill. he's been a top 15 even borderline top 10 quarterback for the like past two three years he's been pretty he's been underrated i'll tell you that derrick henry comes back the big problem with tennessee is no more aj brown no more Corey davis no more julio jones like the weapons outside of robert woods who i wouldn't even say is a wide receiver one at this point they do they did get Traylon Burks now, but a lot of question marks with this with this offense. I don't think Tennessee is not doing a good job of surrounding Tannehill with weapons. Like other than Derrick Henry, he does not have a lot to work with. Defensively, they have the best safety duo in the NFL with Hooker and Bayard. Uh Christian Fulton will be interesting to watch this season. Uh and they have some players, some good players on the uh, defensive line. Jeffrey Simmons. Um so the defense has definitely improved from how it was a few years ago. Still don't think it's, like, anything special, though, other than the safety duo.
1: Um, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the best safety duo in the league. I think that goes to Buffalo with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. No,
0: you can definitely argue that, yeah. I think, yeah, those are the two best, so, I would say.
1: They don't really have a wide receiver one. Robert Wood's coming off huge injury, and I think he's – aging now so i feel like at this point in his career he's, he's not. a
0: wide receiver too
1: yeah he's not a wide receiver one and this old line did get worse um all they really have is uh taylor the left on this offensive line and that's really it um i mean derrick henry is obviously a beast and he just trucks through everybody uh they do have jeffrey simmons on the d-line who's amazing they have the most overrated pass rusher in the league and bud dupree i've already said that many times Next, TJ Watt states uh, stats were inflated. Um, I like Caleb Farley coming into his second year. I'm excited to see what he can do. Christian Fulton's another young corner, it's a young corner group, but I just don't think this roster is super amazing. I do like Mike Variable coaching, they don't play in a tough division. They do have a pretty hard schedule this year, about one of the top 10 hardest, but um, I'll I'm go, what I'll they're go gonna like do. nine and eight, probably. I'm gonna go like seven and ten, eight oh, okay. and nine. I yeah, think they, um, they yeah, oh, they're gonna regress. Yeah, I think they're gonna regress. I excited to see or waiting to see what they're gonna do if Tannehill is like playing bad. If they're are they gonna put Malik Willis in? Or are they gonna give Malik Willis any playing time? Yeah, this is um,
2: Tannehill's last year, I think. Yeah, the
1: Tennessee Titans. Because they got Malik Willis pretty
0: Which late I, too. Which I, not, I'm not, I'm Hill- not too happy about because I feel like they're not surrounding him with enough. It's honestly.
2: I watched Tannehill for seven years. He's a startable quarterback, but he just doesn't have he, he can't push your team over the yeah, edge. I, I know his yeah. stats
1: have been well and everything, but like he's a game manager. Yes. So like he just Brown. has weapons. They yeah, lost
2: AJ Brown, so now he's stuck no Julio. With Woods,
0: I still think he's underrated, but I do think he's like he can't.
2: He's like a little
1: bit of above average yep. game manager. Yes. especially I mean he did have like the line and Henry and everything, but now
2: I do think Austin Hooper is gonna have a solid year. His, lines,
1: his line did get worse, and he doesn't really have a true receiver one. We'll see what Jalen Burks can do, but I think 7-10, 8-9, yeah, reasonable okay. for this team.
0: Yeah, so now we can move on to arguably the most difficult division since realignment in the NFL in 2002, which is the 2022 AFC West. And we'll start with the Denver Broncos, ninth ranked roster according to PFF War. They'd be a one-point favorite on a neutral field against an average team and their win total is at ten and a half, which is actually surprisingly high although they probably have a pretty weak schedule considering the fact they were not they were probably last in the division last year if i remember right so this is really interesting russell wilson to the denver broncos he has been playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl in seattle for many years and he did have some great weapons in metcalf and lockett but Pete Carroll is stuck in the olden times for the NFL. He does not have a modern offensive scheme at all for Russell Wilson. So now we get to see Russell Wilson, and the head coach for the Broncos now is Nathaniel Hackett, right, from Green Bay. So that's going to be a really good system for him. Uh, We saw what Hackett could do with Aaron Rodgers. Now we get to see what he can do with Russell Wilson. And it was really upsetting to me that Patrick is out for the season because I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. So now they still have really good weapons. Javante Williams due for a breakout season, uh, Sutton and Judy. I mean, Sutton's great. I think Sutton's also underrated. Uh, it's a shame though that Patrick is out. Of course, fans now on Seattle. Uh, offensive line is ranked 16th. So it's, I mean, it's better than Wilson was playing with in Seattle. So I'm excited to see what Wilson can do because, In 2019, that was his best season of his career. Uh, According to PFF War, he was number one in the NFL, and he was also the highest graded quarterback in the NFL back in 2019. Uh, And then last year, he got injured. So let's see if Russell Wilson Wilson can return to being that elite quarterback. That's going to be really interesting. Defensively, uh, obviously a really good corner in Sertain. Uh, They have Kareem Jackson. Uh, Justin Simmons is fantastic. And some good players on the uh, defensive line. Bradley Chubb, I think a really good pickup from Dallas and Randy Gregory. Uh, So it should be a pretty solid defense as well.
1: Yeah, we'll see what they can do. Um, This is obviously the toughest division to rank teams. I mean, any of these teams can win the division, in my opinion. And, I mean, obviously not all four of them are going to go to playoffs. It's going to be a tight race all year barring any big injuries or anything, but um, it is very unfortunate. Tim Patrick, you know, if you saw Jared Judy go down last year and he had broken out, it's a shame that he went down. I'm excited to see Judy and see what they can do with a real quarterback like Russell Wilson. The whole line's not terrible. You have a great left tackle and Garrett Bowles. I mean... The defense you have Chubb and uh, Randy Gregory. It's not people that are like wow you, but they put up the numbers. It's a solid they're duo. They're yeah. hard and gritty. Um, I love Justin Simmons. Unfortunately, they did lose Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller, but they were aging corners, and I feel they needed the money for Russell Wilson. So Patrick Sertain looking to jump up again, and obviously can't talk can't not talk about Javante Williams. Uh, believing. PFF, when I was looking at it the other day, I believe he did force the most missed tackles, which is what you like to see out of the running back position. He's a monster. Um, kind of split time with Melvin Gordon, even though Melvin Gordon came back again this year. I do think that Javante Williams will get a bigger role. Um, their strength of schedule, they are about middle of the pack when it comes to strength of schedule. I think that the Denver Broncos are going to go ten and six. I mean ten and seven. Yeah, I have
0: them ten and seven. About too. ten and
1: seven. I think that's pretty reasonable for them. I mean, like I said, this is the the toughest division to talk about. All these teams are great. So I mean, it's hard to predict. I feel like you can say any team can win this division. So I'm gonna have them ten and seven.
2: Yeah, I don't think they have enough to win the division, but I do have them in the wild card position at ten and seven. I do think they get that second wild card spot.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I have them ten and seven and in the playoffs too. And now we move on to Kansas City. They are the 10th-ranked roster according to PFF War. They are a 5.5-point favorite against an average team on a neutral field. And their win total is currently at 10.5. So I think that sounds about right. Now, Kansas City, obviously really interesting. How are they going to be on offense without Tyreek Hill? I don't think the offense is going to drop up drop off very much without Hill just because Andy Ree's West Coast offense Uh, Allows wide receivers to be schemed open. Mahomes, last year, threw to the most wide open receivers of any quarterback in the NFL by far. And their weapons, other than Travis Kelsey, are not very good. But I just think Andy Reid can really elevate uh, players in his scheme. And of course, Mahomes, a great quarterback, he can scramble in the pocket and make crazy throws off platform, and he can elevate his receivers too. And they also have a top 10 offensive line, Kansas City. So that offensive line, that is a big deal. And they're still going to be an elite offense in the NFL. Defensively, I think they have improved a little bit. Now, they did get Carlos Dunlap uh, for the defensive line. Chris Jones, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. I'm really high on Willie Gay this year. I think he's going to break out. They did draft uh, McDuffie. And their they're, they're secondary is quick. Um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily good, but they are some speedy guys. I don't think the defense is awful. It's probably around average, maybe a little below average. But, I mean, this team, I, I think they're going to be competing for the division with Los Angeles. So I have Kansas City going 11-6, and six, and, I mean, it's really a toss-up between them and the Chargers for me for the division.
1: Yeah, um, this O line's really good. Obviously, they saw that Super Bowl against uh, Brady that they needed to address it. They got Creed Humphrey last year, who was probably the best graded center. Trey Smith's also Matt guard. They got Joel Dooney from the Patriots last year. Orlando Brown. This O line's great. Um, I do love the Sky Moore pick in the second round. I think he's really going to shine in that Andy Reid offense. They did go get Juju. I mean, obviously, no Tyreek Hills, but. They do have a good receiving core, in my opinion, still, especially with someone like Travis Kelsey, who's obviously going to be getting double teamed in the main focus. Um, when it comes to defense, I do like the linebacking core with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. I do like the safety duo of Mont Thornhill and Justin Reed that they got from the Texans. Excited to see what Trent McDuffie does. And uh, George Karloftis, also their first-round pick, has been playing pretty well in preseason. I'm excited to see if that can uh, carry over um, I'm not a big fan of Carlos Dunlap I think he's pretty old now and aging I think he's just kind of a filling guy for them to be honest I think George Karloftis will be starting over him same with Frank Clark who's also aging and not as good anymore but we will see um, the Chiefs I do have going 11 and 6 just because of Mahomes and Andy Reid obviously you can never count them out especially great offensive guru like Andy Reid they do have the hardest schedule in the NFL this year, but they do have the roster to compete with top tier teams in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I do think they win the division at 11 and 6. And I trust Andy Reid's offense to make them win that division. So you think 11 and 6 wins this division? Yes. Yeah, just because they're just because they're all playing each other, they play so they're going to have losses against each other. I yeah. just think 11 and 6 gets the job done. Well, we'll see.
0: And that sounds right because they yeah, see total. any
2: of these teams going 12 and 5.
0: Yeah, because their win totals—I mean, the only teams with win totals, according to Vegas, at 12 would be Buffalo at Tampa, who have much weaker divisions.
2: But I do think if a team does go 12-5 and five in this division, it'll be the Chiefs. Okay, I respect it.
0: So now moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Really excited to see how Derek Carr can do with an elite weaponry around him. Devonte Adams, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, Hunter Renfro, maybe the best slot in the NFL, and also with Darren Waller. Now the big problem with the Raiders is the offensive line, the 29th ranked offensive line, and according to PFF Ward, they're the 19th ranked roster, slightly above, slightly below average. So the thing with this roster is there's like seven amazing players, and like Adams, Renfro, Waller. You can include Carr, who's pretty good, Crosby, Jones. There's like six or seven guys. And after that, there's just ma- this massive drop-off, and that's why their roster is ranked 19th. So it's like a lot of high-end players, and then the rest of it is not very good. So the Raiders on a neutral field, Las Vegas would be a .5-point underdog against an average team, and their win total is at an 8.5, so Vegas thinks they'll go 9-8. and eight. So... Obviously, offensive line, huge problem, 29th-ranked offensive line. And other than the defensive line, one of the best duos in the NFL and Crosby and Jones, there's a lot of issues with the Raiders' defense like we saw last year, especially in a division with Herbert, Wilson, Mahomes. Uh, this defense, other than the pass-rushing duo, is going to be worrisome just because, I mean, the O-lines in the division are pretty solid that Crosby— and Jones are going to be going against other than, you know, maybe the Chargers. But the Chargers, no, the Chargers have a pretty good O-line too. So, yeah, I mean, I just think this is the clear fourth best team in the AFC West. I have them going 9-8, and eight, missing
1: the playoffs. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the Raiders. It's like part of me really likes them and part of me it's kind of just like, eh. But, I don't know, like, they have a very, very good offense. Just their offensive line is really, really bad. Colin Miller is the only shining point in this offensive line left tackle, which is Carr's blind spot. So I guess if that's a spot you want to pick, then that's a spot you want to pick to have the line. But Hunter Renfro really shined last year, and he was probably wide receiver one for them. I mean, Adams is obviously going to be wide receiver one now, and Renfro is probably best wide receiver two, I would have to say, for a team. And then Darren Waller is obviously a beast. And then their defense, obviously, they went out, they got Chandler Jones. You know, Max Crosby shined last year. Um, Secondaries, I guess, is a pretty big issue besides, like, Trayvon Morig. You know, Rocky Sin's pretty good at corner, but I like Jayon Brown, the linebacker from Tennessee. And I like Devon Diablo, who kind of shined last year. Um, It's, like, kind of like a uh, hit or miss with the Raiders, I feel like. um, I think 10-7 is what I'm going to predict them to go. Do have a top-three hard <clears throat> schedule. Yeah, they had the third-hardest schedule, so... We'll see. I think 10-7. I think when it comes down to tiebreakers and everything, they'll finish last behind Denver, not make playoffs just because of O-line. And, you know, Josh McDaniels, we'll see how he does. Yeah, I'm
0: very excited to see Josh McDaniels working with...
1: Is the best wide receiver, two in the league. Well, yeah. Over Godwin, T. Higgins, I Jalen think Waddle. He's, I think he's better than T. Higgins. I think he's better than Jalen Waddle right now. Jalen Waddle's only played one year.
0: I think that's Chris Godwin. F- maybe think it's very argue. arguable.
1: It's arguable. I feel like, but like I would be down to argue. Hunter Renfro. I think you
2: could argue it. Yeah. I mean, Even. I think he's a top ten wide receiver too. I don't think he's the best.
0: I think Renfro is probably a top twenty receiver in the NFL.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I
1: think he'd be top, easily top five wide receiver too. Yeah, I got them going. Yeah. Nine and eight. Nine and eight.
0: Yeah. So I'm really excited to see Josh McDaniels working with Derek Carr. I really like Derek Carr. We can see if he's going to be a top ten quarterback this season. Uh, But McDaniels has all the weapons now to work with, which he did not have in New England. So uh, this is going to be really interesting because McDaniels did have the weapons in New England back in the uh, early 2010s. So really excited. Second time McDaniels is going to try to be an NFL head coach. The first time it did not work out at all. So that'll be very interesting. Now moving on to the Los Angeles Chargers. According to PFF War, fifth best roster in the NFL. And on a neutral field, they'd be a 2.5-point favorite against an average team. Their win total is at 10.5. So this is obviously one of the best rosters in the NFL, and the Chargers have done an exceptional job of surrounding Justin Herbert with talent, the 12th-ranked O-line, and a really good wide receiver duo in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, spectacular pass-catching back in Austin Eckler. Uh Palmer has actually been a solid wide receiver three, and they also picked up Gerald Everett. So, yeah, I mean, really excited to see Herbert uh, last year. Justin Herbert was second in PFF War, and he was also the third highest graded quarterback behind Brady and Rodgers. So he can certainly be an MVP candidate defensively. They have Joey Bosa and... uh, Now they do have Khalil Mack, so that's also going to be a really great duo. And, of course, Derwin James is spectacular as well. And the big signing as well was J.C. Jackson from the New England Patriots, who is a lockdown corner. And also a sneaky good signing was Bryce Callahan, who has been one of the best slot corners in the NFL for a few years. He does have injury issues. But, yeah, I mean – Chargers, I have them at 11-6, and six. same as the Chiefs. I think they'll battle for the division in the AFC West.
1: Yeah, that's, I was going to bring that up if you didn't. Bryce Callahan, I think, was a huge signing. Now you throw him in secondary with Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., and then you have Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa to rush the passer. Love the Sebastian Joseph Day signing from the Rams at D-tackle. I think he's a very underrated D-tackle, and he's obviously – I think he's going to do really well playing – on the inside, while well, you have Mack and Bosa rushing the outside. But now it's the most exciting part of this team is definitely the offense. You have Justin Herbert, who was a monster last year. You've got Eckler running behind him. I like the Isaiah Spiller pick in round four. So I'm excited to see what the backfield does. And then obviously you have arguably one of the best route runners in NFL in Keenan Allen. And then Mike Williams went healthy. has shown, he's been great, but he just needs to stay healthy. And then Rashawn Slater, the rookie last year, was amazing. He shined really good, and they did amazing. You know, they got Corey Lindsley now. I like the Zion Johnson pick out of this draft, just to add to their O-line. So I think if the O-line plays well, which they should, you know, obviously keep Herbert upright, this offense is going to be spectacular. This right now, if I had to pick a team to win this division, I'm picking the Chargers, definitely picking them. I think the Chargers go 11-6. and six. And I think they will win this division.
2: Yeah, I got them going 11-6. I think they're going to battle with the Chiefs all yeah, to get that division title, but...
0: I, like I think the Chargers are very smart, too, in terms of going forward on fourth down in situations that they should, unlike some teams, like
2: yeah.
1: like the Patriots have been. And I
2: think Justin Herbert could win MVP this year. So like, yes, I agree. I
1: feel like with this division, you can't really go wrong with who you pick or what, I, where you put them. I
0: wouldn't put the Raiders. I couldn't have the Raiders, Raiders winning the division.
2: Denver. I don't see Raiders
1: on yeah, uh, The only reason I say the Chiefs is because I think the Chiefs' lack of defense is what holds them back, because obviously you have so much firepower in this division now Well, what
0: about the Raiders, though? Because the Raiders still
1: have firepower. Probably no, but I'm their, saying
0: the Raiders but, defense is probably worse than Kansas City.
1: I think, I think their front rosters, seven
2: much weaker than.
1: I think the Raiders front seven is better than Kansas City's front seven. Just in my opinion, though. Yeah, it's but like probably I said, is, division, but the rest of the defense is. This not, division is so tough, though. We'll oh, see. Yeah. yeah. I think it's obviously gonna be the most exciting division in football to keep watching and keep track of this oh, year. yeah, it's gonna be insane. So we'll see how. The AFC West plays out, but I had the Chargers winning it.
0: Yeah, so now we'll transition over to the NFC, starting with the Dallas Cowboys. Number eight roster, according to PFF War. They'd be a two-point favorite on a neutral field against an average team, and and 10.5 win total, according to Vegas. So Dallas is very interesting. Dak Prescott last season was sensational from weeks one to six, I think, which was the Patriots game. He was an MVP candidate. And then he got hurt in that Patriots game on a late hit, which I think that affected either his ankle or a part of his knee. And ever since then, he hadn't been quite as elite. Like, he was an MVP candidate. Um, So I And I've really liked Dak. Uh, He was elite in 2019. He was elite in 2016. Uh, And I also really love CeeDee Lamb. I think he was already arguably a top 10 receiver this year. I think this year he'll be a top 7 receiver. Uh, Michael Gallup. A lot of injury concerns. Schultz is still a great tight end, and I love Tony Pollard. I think Pollard has been better than Zeke last year, uh, and he really should be the lead back, but they won't do that because they're paying Zeke so much money. The the thing with Dallas is they lost Wilson, and they also lost Cooper, so they don't have exactly the same weapons around Dak, but I still think it's good enough for Dak to be a top-10 quarterback easily. Uh, and the offensive line, obviously, it's still great. They did have a big loss, but they just signed uh, Peters now, who came out of retirement. So this is a, still a solid line. If if Now, Peters is 40 years old, I believe, uh, but he was still very good last year. If he can play at a high level, I think the O-line will be fine. So that's a big question mark. That'll be something to watch in this Tampa game on Sunday night. Defensively, DeMarcus Lawrence is excellent, uh, Micah Parsons. This season, Micah Parsons might be a top two, top three defensive player in the league. I'm super high on Parsons. Uh, so they have a, they have some stars on defense. They also have the most overrated player in the NFL, maybe, in Trayvon Diggs, who will certainly, his picks will not be as high this year. He may improve, though, as a corner. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the defense last year was actually elite uh now whether they're going to be the same this year they lost randall gregory who was actually very good last year uh i still think the defense is going to be very good but maybe not top five like it was last year um i think dallas is going to regress a little bit i'll have them going 10 and 7 competing with philly for that division
1: yeah um you talk about their defense with losing randy gregory um i feel like even though they did lose him, they did get some good depth on the defense in free agency with Dante Fowler Jr., Anthony Barr. Um, Trayvon Diggs is, uh, don't get me started, I think he's the most overrated corner in the league. You have people talking about the top corner just because of the pick numbers, but he allowed 1,000 yards, which is basically a running back season, 1,000 yards. Like That's just not good. And everyone just looked at picks, and picks are a terrible stat to use for corner because that means that the corner is targeted a lot. They're getting that much interceptions. But on offense, obviously, big loss from Amari Cooper, but CeeDee Lamb is probably better than Amari Cooper, in my opinion, and he's a monster. Michael Gallup has injury concerns. So I'm wondering what Dak and Zeke are going to do with a worse offensive line. This is probably the worst offensive line they've had since they both came in the league. Uh, losing Tyron Smith for a few weeks but they did get Jason Peters but obviously you have Zach Martin who's the best right guard in the NFL but outside of that this offensive line isn't that good so I'm wondering what they're going to do but the weapons I think are perfectly fine and Dan Quinn has shown he's a pretty good defensive coordinator still with this Dallas team so you know Micah Parsons is going to be a beast I have Dallas going 10-7 and due to being the 10th easiest schedule in the NFL and Denver, NFC East isn't one of the best divisions as we know, but I think they'll be fine. Ten and seven could sneak them into the wild card. We'll see. Probably most likely, but I don't have them win the division. Ten and seven
2: is how I have Dallas. I'm not high on Dallas at all this year. I got them going eight and nine. I do think their offense is going to struggle. Diggs is the most overrated corner in the league. Uh, he just he sucks playing English. Uh, and I do think McCarthy's going to get fired after this year. And I do think they are going to bring in Sean Payton.
0: That's actually something I wanted to touch on. I think this is McCarthy's make-or-break year. He has to do well this season.
2: That's why I have them
0: going uh, to be I don't yeah, think McCarthy's... I think he's going to be out, and I agree. I think Sean Payton will be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys in 2023. That's going to be great to see. Well, Dak Prescott. a
1: lot of people like to talk about Jerry Jones. I don't know. Is it time for Jerry Jones to sell the team?
0: Well... What do you
1: They've mean underperformed by that? Oh, since yeah. 1990.
2: I'm just, I'm when just it comes not a playoff team at all. They lost a lot of key pieces on their offense. I mean,
1: I mean, it's the Cowboys. They're an accident waiting to happen. They are. They every year they let they let them down. It's hilarious to watch as a Giants
2: fan. I just think this is the year that they finally struggle enough that they're not going to make playoffs. That they're going to go eight and nine. Oh yeah, and I can McCarthy see that. will be fired by the end. Of the I year. could
1: see them not making it or having less than ten wins.
2: I could see 9 and 8, I guess.
1: They just have an easy schedule, so I'd say 10 and 7. Yeah, I have them 10 and 7. Well, I mean, we'll see. Like I said, it's one of the worst offensive lines they've played with in a while. So we'll see if that how that affects them. See if the defense still continues to hold up. Obviously, see if Trayvon Diggs has all these picks and everyone's saying how amazing he is when he's not. But we'll see.
0: Now it's time for our call of the day, sponsored by XL Daily Fantasy Sports. Lineups for NBA, MLB, and NFL on FanDuel. All lineups processed with a self-created XL lineup optimizer. Try XL DFS today. We have a call from Christopher. He's on the line. Chris, what do you have for us today?
2: I was just wondering, where do you see the Cowboys finishing this year? And do you think Dak Prescott proves he'll be an elite QB in the near future, even with the such depleted um, receiving core?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So in terms of the Cowboys, I see them, like we already talked about, finishing 10-7. and 7. I think they'll definitely compete for the division. With the Eagles, I do think the Eagles have the better roster. In terms of Dak Prescott, He was already an elite quarterback last year before that injury against the New England Patriots. He's already been elite in 2016 and 2019. So I think he certainly has that chance to be elite this season. Uh, The only question mark is no more Amari Cooper. But I think with CeeDee Lamb, who is going to be a top seven wide receiver this season, and there's no receiver I'd rather have than CeeDee Lamb in the next three, well, I'd say in the next five years, other than jamar chase and justin jefferson so i think dak prescott definitely has the tools to be an elite quarterback this season all right so now we can move on to your team the new york giants according to pff war it's the 22nd ranked roster and in terms of on a neutral field they'd be four point underdogs against an average team the giants win total is at seven and a half so Starting with the offense, I think Daniel Jones is in a similar position that Trevor Lawrence is in now, but he's just been in it for a longer time. The Giants have not done a good job of surrounding Daniel Jones. With the supporting cast, he needs to succeed in the NFL I think if Daniel Jones was drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, he would be a very good quarterback. They just have not, they don't have the supporting cast around him. In terms of the offensive line, it has improved. It's now the 18th ranked offensive line. That's great because Jones has had an awful offensive line for most of his career uh, or all of his career so far. I'm still very worried about the weapons in terms of injuries. I mean, a lot of these guys are injury-prone. The only one I'm really excited for is Kadarius Toney. I think Tony could really break out this season and be maybe a top 30 wide receiver in the NFL. He has a huge upside, so really excited to see him. He went off in one of those games last season.
1: Against Dallas, yep, he had like 189 yards. Mike Glennon, I remember that. Was Diggs on him?
0: Yeah. He he cooked him. That
1: explains it, then. (laughs) But uh, I'm going to have to talk about this team for a little bit. I'm going to rant right here. So, you know, Daniel Jones, I'm not saying is amazing, but I really think this is obviously his prudent year with his fifth-year option not being picked up. You have a new regime. You have Brian DeBall coming from Buffalo. You have Joe Shane coming from Buffalo, which is obviously a very well-ran organization. Brian DeBall was a huge reason of Josh Allen breaking out. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But Daniel Jones now finally has some weapons, but they need to stay healthy. Kenny Galladay, overpaid, hasn't been doing anything, no touchdowns last season. Kadarius Tony is obviously the most, you know, electric player on this team. He might be one of the hardest players in NFL to tackle in the open field. He can make anyone miss, and he has speed. I love the Wandale Robinson pick in the second round. He's like another Kadarius Tony, who's small and shifty. You know, Brian Deball has some of them playing at running back. QB, he's gonna be it's gonna be like a San Francisco 49ers offense vibes from them. I'm excited to see what they do. And obviously they got, in my opinion, the two best players in this draft overall with their fifth and seventh pick and Evan Neal at right tackle, who was struggling in camp but has looked much better come preseason. Andrew Thomas at left tackle. Had a great season last year, and he's looking to improve even more. And love the Mark Glenowski signing from the Indianapolis Colts, who are also known for a great O-line. And Kayvon Thibodeau on the edge, I think, is going to shine. O'Geeves is coming into his second year. He had a great year last year. I'm excited to see what Thibodeau and Ogilari do. And then inside, you have Dexter Lawrence, who's been one of the higher-graded D-tackles on the inside, and Leonard Williams. You know, excited to see Xavier McKinney, who is now the play caller on defense for the New York Giants. But it comes down to Daniel Jones and the injuries for this offense. Can the O-line stay healthy? Can Daniel Jones stay healthy? Can Saquon Barkley stay healthy and, you know, have a great comeback year as he's looking for a contract year in this year? It's got to come down to that. If this team can stay healthy, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL. The easiest. So this team can stay healthy. The ball can turn this team around. We can see I have the Giants right now going 7-10, and 10, which will be third in the NFC East. But they could surprise teams, possibly. That might be a little bit of bias for me. But it just comes down, can this team stay healthy? Yeah, I also have them going 7-10. and 10, And it's just
0: really based on, like, are they going to get injured like they do every year?
2: I have them going... Sorry, yeah, but I haven't gone five and twelve. Okay. And I think this is going to be Daniel Jones last year, and I do think Giants might have a chance of getting you know C J. Stroud.
1: Yeah, possibly.
2: They'd have to
0: be really bad. They'd have to yeah. really be injured.
1: I the only reason I say they can't tank the Giants have had so too many bad seasons tank, and they think... the fans will be erratic like they like everyone's so excited and all. like this is the most excited Giants fans have been since two thousand sixteen. You know what, we'll like, Barkley. With Eli still when they went uh, to playoffs, but then they also What year mean-day. was Barkley? He was eighteen with Baker and do Elson Jones. Daniel Jones will be Giants quarterback next year. It's a fifty-fifty for me because does he ball out and do well and want to stay, or do the Giants or does he do bad and like the Giants like we're moving on? I mean they do have Tyrod Taylor now who's shined in preseason. He has looked pretty good, I'll give him that. But if like um if Saquon and Kenny Galladay and Tony are all getting hurt, then I don't I don't really think it's fair because that's his offense going down. Like I feel every year Daniel Jones has not had a supporting cast, he's had bottom ranked thirtieth O lines. It's just been bad. But, you know, they brought in Wick Markdale on defense from the Ravens. Big blitzer, apparently Bill Belichick was complaining that they were blitzing too much. So we'll see. I'm excited to see like what this new coaching staff can do. But I think seven and ten is pretty reasonable. If they went five and twelve, I wouldn't even be surprised. Never know with this team, but I think seven and ten.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to
1: see the offense too with Brian DeWall.
0: So now moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, and all of a sudden, in the last like few weeks or so, weeks or so, when everyone's making super Bowl, Super Bowl predictions. Everyone now is starting to pick Philadelphia, and I've been on the Philadelphia train since May when they got, uh, or April when they got AJ Brown. This is the seventh ranked roster according to PFF War, and on a neutral field, they'd be a 05 point favorite. Their win total is at nine and a half. Really excited to see Jalen Hurts this season because now he has a great supporting cast, the number one ranked offensive line in the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. He has a fantastic wide receiver combo in A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, a top six tight end in Dallas Goddard. And uh, he may not be good in fantasy, but a really solid back in Miles Sanders. Defensively, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have definitely improved. They have a good cornerback duo in Bradbury and Darius Slay. They also now got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, and their defensive line is still very good with Redick and Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, even though they might be getting older in age. So this is really, I mean, you, you heard it, the seventh best roster in the NFL, according to War. Uh, I think they'll be competing with the Dallas Cowboys for the division. And is there, is there a big difference in schedule between Dallas and Philly? Uh,
1: yes. Are they both very, are they both very easy? Cowboys have top ten schedule, top ten easiest. Okay. But the Dallas, I mean, not Dallas, uh, Philly... Has the second easiest schedule right below the New York Giants.
0: Yeah, so I could see Philly at like <clears> eleven and six. I think they'll win the division.
1: Um, this Eagles team—I mean, this hurts to say as a Giants fan—they're just disgusting. They're great. I think seventh roster. I think they're above that actually. Um, their offensive line is really good. Jason Kelsey is one of the best centers in the league. Lane Johnson is one of the best right tackles in the league. Like Lander Dickerson at like uh, left guard. The AJ Brown is huge. You have Devonta Smith coming into his second year from Bama. He's a monster. And this defense just got better. Um James Bradbury from the Giants. He was had a very good time with the Giants. Unfortunately, he was released and had to move on due to cap space issues. CJ Gardner Johnson's a great safety that they got from New Orleans. Hassan Reddick's a big signing. And you know, Fletcher Cox is Fletcher Cox is one of the best D tackles in the NFL. Javon Hargrave is one of the better D-tackles and very underrated. And Brandon Graham's a stud. So this uh, defense is pretty good. Dallas Goddard's obviously a great tight end. So um, it really just comes down, can Jalen Hurts make the jump? And I think he absolutely can. He has everything around him to make the jump. There's really no excuse for him not to make the jump. And I have the Eagles going 12-5. and five. They have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. They have a great roster. Um, this wouldn't be surprised if they made the NFC Championship this year. Um, this Eagles team is great.
2: Yeah, I think Philadelphia did the same thing Miami did for Tua. They put a lot of pieces around Jalen Hurts to be great. And uh, there's you know similar situation. I think it's put up a shut-up for both Hurts and Tua. This team is loaded, and uh, they're actually my sleeper pick for the Super Bowl. But I do have them going 11-6, and six, winning that division pretty easily, in my opinion. And uh, we'll see what Hurts can do with this new-look offense.
1: Yeah, I have to mention the Nagobi Dean linebacker pick they got later, who was a huge steal, which just adds to stack defense already, in my opinion. Oh, this is definitely one of the better rosters in the NFL, and maybe one of the best rosters in the NFC if you don't count Tampa Bay and the Rams. The Rams. Yes.
2: Yeah, I love Slay as a corner. I mean, yeah, Slay. One of the best corners. Darius
1: Slay, ever since he was on the Lions, has been very underrated. He's an amazing yep. corner. Um, it's very unfortunate he gets snubbed a lot when it comes to Pro Bowls and All-Pro. I know Pro Bowls don't really matter, but you like to see it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, it? I mean, Jalen Hurts, I'm really excited to see how he does this season, like you said. And now we'll move on to the Washington Commanders. So, if we're looking at the Washington Commanders, they are the 21st-ranked roster according to PFF War, and... Then we want to look at how would they fare on a neutral field. They'd be four-point underdogs against an average team, and their win total is at 7.5. Uh, I think this is really a make it or break it for Carson Wentz at this point. Uh, and their weapons, other than Terry McLaurin, he's really, I'd say, the only elite weapon on this team. The offensive line used to be exceptional. Now it's the 15th-ranked offensive line, so around average. And the defense is really interesting because in 2020, they were a top three defense. And in 2021, all they lost was really uh, Chase Young, and they maybe maybe had a few more injuries. But they dropped all the way down to like 28th or so. So if we're looking at... Uh, DVOA they they were the 27th ranked defense last year so that was just really weird how volatile their defense was so a big question this year is can they become a top five defense like they were in 2020 and they have a great uh, defensive line with Montez Sweat and Chase Young um, but outside of that I mean Kendall Fuller's is a pretty solid corner as well uh, but really I don't really have high hopes at all for the commanders and I'm not really high on Wentz at all I mean I think he's average, but now with this support, the supporting cast isn't anything special. Maybe below average this season. So I have Washington at like seven and ten.
1: Oh, here we go. The Washington Commanders. It's crazy. We were talking last year. We talked about how their defense was going to be top three and how they're going to win the NFC East, and they totally stunk. They stunk it up. Fedarian Mathis in the draft was an amazing pick from Bama all the way in the second round. Just to adds to an already loaded defensive line. Obviously, the front four is the biggest strength of this team with Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young. I like Kendall Fuller. I like Cameron Curl. I like William Jackson. They have a good secondary. I'm a big fan of the Jahan Dotson pick in the first round from Penn State. They obviously have Scary Terry. He just got his new big deal. Curtis Samuel's pretty good. And this offensive line is actually really good. Charles Leno Jr. at left tackle and Andrew Norrell at left guard. Trey Turner at right guard and Sam, uh, uh, Sam Cosby at right tackle who had a really good year last year. Um, this supporting cast is actually pretty good in my opinion. And I think Carson Wentz needs to play average to some above average football at times for this team to succeed. If they can stay healthy and the defense can go back to their 2020 ways, which I think they can. Um, the commanders are actually kind of, I mean, you know, their stupid team name other than that. They're a pretty exciting team in my opinion. I actually had the Commanders going 9-8 and eight, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finished above Dallas in the NFC East to finish 2nd and somehow snuck into the NFC wild card. Ring, ring, ring. That's an upset alert right there for the Washington Commanders and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, this team, in my opinion, is just a big play quarterback away from being really good.
2: Yeah, I don't see them making the wild card at all. I don't think there's going to be any surprises with this team. I think it's going to be they gotta go six and eleven. I think Wentz is just—I never liked him, even when he was on. the... Other Eagles. than
0: twenty seventeen, when he was elite, he yeah, hasn't just, really. Yeah, yeah, and then he
1: got hurt, and Nick Foles came in and won the Super Bowl. So you have to wonder: was that a system? I just don't, was that system. You know? Yeah, you do.
2: I don't know what these teams see in Carson Wentz. I think they were better off trading for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that would have made their offense a lot better. I just don't like Wentz. At yeah, all. I, I would prefer Garoppolo to Wentz. I think
0: the
1: only reason they didn't was for, due to cap reasons because I mean, they, gonna, got they have to receivers. pay all those
2: front four. They got decent receivers where Wentz could perform well, but...
1: I mean, I just... think Ty McLaurin's amazing. Oh, yeah, he is, got... but outside of him. Well, got... Curtis
2: Samuels pretty they good. They drafted Jahan. But not I like Dotson yeah. a lot. I mean, they got Gibson, who's having problems Issues, in training yeah. camp. But... And
1: then Brian Robson gets gets shot yeah. right after but, Gibson was I, I just don't think Wentz is good enough
2: for them to be a playoff team at all i just think yeah
1: i living. think it can go either way with this commander's team i'm just on the high end for them for some reason i just like this team i don't know why but i do i think it could go either way in my opinion i'm don't think your prediction is bad at all i think it's pretty good
2: if they were to make playoffs i think they would have to rely on their defense oh the yeah Sam, the big
0: question is can the defense be top well, five again
1: Yeah, that's what it comes down to. And if Wentz
2: gets hurt.
0: And, And can Wentz be above
1: average? The thing is, though, they do have Taylor Heineke, and they do have Sam Howell, who I like. He has played well in this preseason, and I would not be surprised if Wentz is benched at some point in this season for either Heineke or Sam Howell, who will be playing better than Wentz when they come in. But we will see.
0: All right, so we can now move on to the NFC North, starting with the Chicago Bears. The 30th-ranked roster, according to PFF War, their win their win total sits at 6.5. On a neutral field, they are five-point underdogs against an average team. Uh, and I'm really worried for this team in terms of Justin Fields. They have one of the worst supporting casts around Fields in the entire NFL, the 31st-ranked O-line. I mean, this is... This is pretty much what the Giants had around Daniel Jones for a lot of the years, but maybe even worse. I mean, just look at these weapons. Outside of Darnell Mooney, there are, and I mean, Cole Komet's pretty solid, but like, this is a terrible job by the Bears to surround Justin Fields with talent. And Justin Fields, uh, I never was too high on him just because he holds on to the ball so long and takes sacks at a higher rate than expected. Uh, which is a huge problem for him that he really is going to need to improve on if he wants to be a starter in this league. Uh, So I'm really low on the Bears, obviously, and I'm really low on Justin Fields in terms of the defense. Now, a few years ago, the Bears had one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have some good players like Raquan Smith. Uh, It's free safety. They have Eddie Jackson, Robert Quinn's great at defensive end. Um, But this defense isn't what it was like three years ago. Yeah, Obviously, Max has gone, too, now.
1: Max has gone. Akeem Hicks is gone. Mm-hmm. Eddie Goldman's gone now. Um, you know, the Bears, they had another team with no O-line for such a young quarterback that's trying to prove himself. Outside Darnell Mooney, it's just a whole bunch of average and below-average receivers. It's like what the Texans did last year, trying to fill out their roster, just sign players. But, I mean, Cody Whitehair is the only really shining point on this offensive line, and Cole Komet is pretty good. Other than that, Not much to talk about on the offense besides Fields and Mooney. I mean, David Montgomery has always been very solid, in my opinion, even with, like, not the best of old lines. The defense, you have Roquan Smith, who's been one of the better linebackers in the NFL for a bit now. Jalen Johnson's a young and upcoming corner. I like the Jaquan Brisker pick. You know, safety, it's a good pick, in my opinion. Um, Eddie Jackson is very good. But um this team also not having a first round pick this year due to the trading up with the Giants last year they acquired Justin Fields, I think, hurt where they really could have used that to improve the roster, considering it was a top seven pick. For the Bears, they do have um the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL, but I just don't think they have the roster to compete and I have the Bears going four and thirteen. Yeah, I have them five and
2: twelve. I think they're the worst team in the league. I think they're gonna go three and fourteen. Um I do think they trade Roquan Smith to get draft capital by the deadline. Uh, he wanted a trade, but uh, he said he'll oh, stay. But I do think they trade him for draft capital. The only uh, bright spot they had on this offense was getting Nikhil Harry. Obviously, that he got hurt before the season started, <laughs> so now the offense is really looking bad without Harry on the field. But I yeah, w- without superstar Nikhil Harry, yeah, this think, offense. Yeah. I yeah, three and fourteen for the Bears, and I think Fields so, is going to struggle. And
1: since you brought up that point, of Lawrence, what if Justin Fields plays absolutely. like a bottom
2: five quarterback again? Do you think they're going to be in a this, this absolutely?
1: Not even a absolutely, I think even gonna... after trading up to a first round pick, I think they, they results, have to be. I
2: personally think that they are going to be the, they're going to have the number one overall pick in the draft, and I do think they take. Either Young or C.J. Stroud. Because I do think Fields is going to struggle in this offense. I think
1: any quarterback would really struggle. And with I can this see them trading
2: Fields though. to, say, Seattle or Atlanta. Whoever needs a quarterback, I do think they end up trading him.
1: They could probably get some. I'll get on that Atlanta bit after once we talk about Atlanta. But, but yeah,
2: I think this is the worst team.
1: In yeah, this football. team isn't good.
0: All right, so move on to the Detroit Lions. I think they're a little bit underrated. 24th-ranked roster in the NFL. They'd be a five-point underdog on a neutral field against an average team, and and six-and-a-half is their win total. Now, the Detroit Lions have the number three offensive line in the NFL. A great supporting cast for Jared Goff with DeAndre Swift and St. Brown, who was spectacular last year and will only get better now, uh, and TJ Hawkinson, who's a top-ten tight end. Uh, the wide receiver depth isn't anything special with shark and Reynolds, but I think they have a really solid supporting cast for Jared Goff to succeed. Now, if we look defensively, obviously Aiden Hutchinson, the big draft pick, and they do have Michael Brockers who used to be on the Rams, but yeah, the defense is really going to struggle based on what I'm seeing here on this, on this roster.
1: I like the lions. Honestly, this is going to be a fun team to watch. Um, it's not their defense. It's their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously dan campbell has shown he's a player's coach and i mean the guy fires me up when i watch his videos i want to just run through the wall and go play for him but i mean jared goff obviously you know had his great years with the rams with the mcveigh system and everything but um i don't think jared goff is terrible i mean jared goofball i call him but you know he is not that good but he does have a great cast this offensive line is a strong point Taylor Decker's a monster. Jonah Jackson's a monster at left guard. Frank Ragnall is one of the best centers in the league. And I love uh, Panay Sewell from Oregon they got last year. He's, like, generational talent-like and has been amazing. DJ Hawkinson's a stud. I actually do like this wide receiver room, obviously. I don't think Amrah St. Brown, or DJ Chark are clear wide receiver number ones, in my opinion. St. Brown could take that step. I know it's not the most popular opinions. But they're both pretty big wide receivers. I feel for someone like Jared Goff, who's not always the most accurate. You know, I feel like him throwing up a jump ball to them would be better. But I do like the I do like those two receivers, and obviously, gonna be excited to watch Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan this year, second round, uh, second overall pick. Sorry, not second round. You know, Michael Brockers is pretty good. They have some pieces on defense. Like uh Amani Orare is a breaking out corner for them. Jeff Okuda is kind of like um on that bus territory. This yeah. is his make or break a year for him. And I like um Deshaun Elliott that came over from the Ravens, Hook'em Horns, former Texas player. Um, so I'm excited for the Lions. I actually have the Lions. They have the sixth I no fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. They do have a pretty solid offensive roster, in my opinion. You know, Dan Campbell's a tough, gritty coach. Maybe the defense over, you know, plays over, over expectations. Performs. And um, I have the Lions going 7-10, and 10, uh, which I think is a bright future for them. I think you're going to see a lot of them. Um, Jameson Williams also will be coming back at some point during the season who they took from Alabama. If you want to talk about someone with Tyree speed? that's who you need to talk about. Jameson Williams, who is a dynamic game changer. Hopefully he can come back healthy and be that player for the Lions. And I think, you know, we might see the Lions getting a Jimmy Garoppolo possibly soon or maybe you know, Justin Fields, you want to talk about him getting traded, we might see this team, they had a you know, if they had an average to above average yeah. game manager quarterback, they could be really good on offense. So I'm excited to see this Lions team. I think seven and ten is fair for them. And if I'm a Lions fan, I'm looking very excited for this team's future.
2: Yeah, I agree. I do think they get a lot of upset wins this year because of that offense. Uh Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. I mean, if you put the right cast around him, he could like, like we, we saw he with McVeigh to the Super Bowl, and but I don't think obviously I don't think this team is a playoff team. I do have them going seven and ten, but their future is bright. I love Dan Campbell. You know I'm in Ross, St. Brown, Jameis Williams, DJ Chalk, DeAndre Swift, uh, Pennie Sewell. I mean their offense is looking great for the future, and it's very young. Uh, but I do have them going seven and ten, and I do think they can get a lot of upset wins this year.
0: Yeah, I also have I agree. Them. I think we all have them seven and ten, and we all agree on the Lions. Now moving on to Green Bay, 6th-ranked roster according to PFF War. They are a a 3.5-point favorite against an average team on a neutral field, and their win total is at 10.5. I think Vegas might be overrating Green Bay a little bit to have them above teams like the Rams and the Chargers, who I think are better. Just because I, I think this loss of Devontae Adams is going to be huge for Green Bay because this is... This receiving core for Aaron Rodgers is one of the worst he's ever played with in his career, and it's one of the worst receiving corps in the entire NFL. Now, he does have great backs in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, a solid tight end in Robert Tanyan. But yeah, I mean, I think Devontae Adams going to the Raiders is going to make this offense a lot worse. I think it's totally different than Kansas City. And, And Kansas City... They still have an elite weapon in Travis Kelsey, and they have Andy Reid's system, and I think they'll be fine, but I think Green Bay offensively could struggle. Now, the offensive line, it's still elite, So, and you still have Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So the offense should still be very good. Uh, it might not be elite this year, though, without Devontae Adams, and then their defense is exceptional, right? So J.R. Uh, Alexander coming back is going to be huge for Green Bay, one of the best corners in the nfl and they have uh, adrian amos eric stokes great corner and rasul douglas was actually pretty good last year as well so i mean yeah green bay secondary is fantastic uh one of the most underrated linebackers in the nfl devondre campbell and they still have some great players on their defensive line kenny clark Preston smith so yeah green bay's defense should be top 10 it could be, even be higher um i think green bay will win the division at 11 and 6 but i think not having Devonte adams is going to prevent them from being a super bowl
1: contender so the packers like this is going to be one of the first times where we're going to have to probably say that their defense might be better than their offense in a while since the last yeah. time Rodgers went to the super bowl and won against the steelers i mean you have alan lazard as receiver number one you have sammy Watkins, who's a one week wonder. a wonder he shows out week one and then you never see him again because he gets hurt or just doesn't play well Randall Cobb is very old now, and yeah. he's just kind of there because he's a Green Bay fan favorite. Christian Watson has been shining in camp and preseason, so we'll see how he does. But uh, this secondary is pretty good. I like Jahira, j R. Alexander. Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage is a really good safety deal. Eric Stokes is coming into his second year. I'm pretty up uh, high on him. And then obviously one of the best D tackles in the NFL with Kenny Clark. And a good edge rusher and Preston Smith and Devontae Campbell is an underrated linebacker does not get talked about enough. Um, the I had the Packers going eleven and six. If I had to give them a prediction, their strength of schedule is about middle of the pack around fifteen. So we'll see how they do. Um, uh, Rodgers, let's see how he does without true wide receiver one. I think with Matt Lafleur, who has a pretty good system there in Green Bay. Oh, yeah. He you should know, still be fine. He might not be. He might not be the Rogers top yeah. one or MVP, but still, you know, still yeah. has a good running back room. Yeah. Dylan and Jones. I have them eleven and six.
2: You mentioned that you don't think they could be a Super Bowl contender without Adams. Rogers' record without Adams is ten and one.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, but what teams has he played? Yeah, like, right? You have oh, to look
2: I'm, at that. I understand that, but you, I think you're. Kind of watering down that like it's Aaron Rodgers like I think it is, but he team, can't even
0: win a Super Bowl with Adams. Now you take the best wide receiver
2: right, in football I think away. Defense go a lot better or well, the same because Alexander's coming back. But I just think this yeah. team can go. I think they're gonna go twelve and five. All right. I mean, well, I just that's only
1: one win more than what we said. Yeah, right, so like, I, I, mean, I do. I
2: do. They're gonna make a deep playoff push, and I think they're gonna be in the NFC Championship. And I do think they can make the Super Bowl.
1: Wow. I mean, that's
2: bold. It is bold. The Super Bowl, say, but like they could.
0: I think they. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl and it's not like without Devontae Yeah, I
2: think Romeo Dobbs is gonna have a great year. I don't really think. I mean, he's I like Watson's gonna have a good year as yeah. a rookie. Lazard's gonna have a great year, I think. Watkins, yeah, Sammy Watkins, is not that great, but we'll see. Because also like, he's got Robert Tunyon coming back. You can't he's really count out Rodgers,
1: and he also doesn't play in the best division. Either. I think they're gonna have because like think of it, you gotta play the Bears twice. Usually he owns the Lions too. He'll I probably think they're gonna have like, one of
2: the best run games in the league. Oh, well, I yeah. I agree, yeah. With, yeah they can have a good A.J. Dillon and
0: Aaron Jones. <clears throat> I would say saying. the opposite, though. You can always count out Rodgers. You can count on you you can count on him to choke every single season.
2: Well, you
1: can count on him in regular season to...
0: To be amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. I just so, think this is the... Yeah, but in
0: terms of Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you think I this is... Well, I think oh, you have Philadelphia, though, right?
2: As a sleeper pick. We'll, get, I, it,
0: we'll get into the Super Bowl yeah, picks I, later. I, I, I got Green Bay
2: going 12-5. All
0: right. So, now on to Minnesota. So... Kirk Cousins, pretty underrated quarterback. And if we're looking at Minnesota's roster, it's the 12th-ranked roster, according to PFF War. On a neutral field, they are a .5-point underdog against an average team. 9.5 is their win total, which I agree with. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, definitely an underrated quarterback. Their O-line is 19th, which I think is better than it has been in the past few years. Still not great, but yeah, great supporting cast around Cousins with elite weapons. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Uh, they even have Irv Smith. So I think Cousins can definitely be a top-ten quarterback again, like he has been in the past few seasons. And defensively, they now have Zadarius Smith, uh, Daniel Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson. So these are all quality players. Harrison Smith, I mean, their their secondary is questionable in terms of corners. So their defense doesn't look like it's going to be like a top-ten defense or anything. I think this is like a 10-7 and 7 team. I don't think they're like a contender or anything, but like 10-7 and 7 wild card.
1: This is my sleeper NFC team right here, the Minnesota Vikings. I love the Mike McConnell head coach hiring from the McVay tree for the Rams. Uh, I've been reading about him. It's fantastic. He has Jefferson running Texas routes out of the backfield. He has Jefferson doing a lot, almost like a Debo Samuel. And I think this is how he Jefferson, Jefferson get his Debo Samuel-like contract with big money. The Kirk Cousin hate needs to stop. He's a great quarterback, I think, in my opinion. I think a lot of people hate on him because of his time with Washington and then, you know, his prime time record and everything like yeah. that. But I think he's a really good quarterback, and he has the weapons around to succeed. His offensive line has some bright spots at the two tackle positions in center. I like this defensive front seven for the Minnesota Vikings. Eric Kendrick is one of the best middle linebackers in the league. Jordan Hicks is a great pickup from Arizona. The Neil Hunter and the Darius Smith is going to be a problem on the edges, and Dalvin Thompson is one of the most underrated D-tackles. He's a great D-tackle. He used to be a Giant, loved him. Unfortunately, he is now with the Vikings. Harrison Smith has always been a stud at safety. But outside of that, their corners really do lack. But um, I think that they can make up for it in the front seven, in my honest opinion. And what do you have Minnesota for the record? Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, they have about middle of the pack, around 15, 16 strength of schedule. I had the Vikings going 11-6. and six. I know that is the same as Green Bay. But so you have them
0: fighting for the division. They could fight. Yeah, that's
1: possible. It yeah. could be a tiebreaker where, you know, Green Bay finishes above them. Mm-hmm. And then the Vikings get the wild card spot. But I like this team a lot. It's my sleeper NFC team. I wouldn't if they won the division, I would not be surprised.
0: No, I agree, especially if I Green Bay's surprised. offense struggles. Yeah, it's possible. They
1: have they have the weapons on offense, and they got a good front seven. And I'm excited to see this new head coach, Mike McConnell. They usually split with Green Bay, so. Yeah, and I think they could beat the Bears twice in that yeah. division. And the Lions they can probably split with.
2: Yeah, I, I got the one ten and seven, but I also yeah. can see it going the other way, where they actually struggle throughout the year. Like I don't their defense still has a lot of question marks on it. Mm-hmm. But their offense is I like their offense a lot. Oh like, yeah. you know, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, even KJ Osborne was a good third receiver yeah, for the team. They
1: got, got Jalen Rager from oh. Philly to be wide receiver four, so they got some they got some weapons yeah. on offense and I don't think Kirk Cousins is bad and now they have a really offensive minded head coach, so I think their offense actually elevates yeah. to another level.
2: Yeah, I think they're a wild card team.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
2: So
0: we can move on to the NFC South, starting with the Atlanta Falcons. 29th-ranked roster according to PFF War. They'd be a 5.5-point underdog on a neutral field against an average team, and their win total is at 4.5. I actually think that Marcus Mariota is very underrated, and he should have been a starter, uh, especially if he has a good supporting cast. I think he's like he can definitely be in that 20-25 to 25 range for quarterbacks. He's very dangerous with his legs. They have Patterson, who is really dangerous, and Damian Williams at running back. Uh, And obviously, their receivers are a huge issue, but they do have Kyle Pitts at tight end. O-line is a huge problem, 28th-ranked O-line. And uh, defensively, other than the cornerback duo of A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward, which actually... That might be the best cornerback duo in the NFL. Uh, and a lot of people don't talk about, well, people are really going to start to know who A.J. Terrell is this season, and Casey Hayward has been one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the league. Uh, they still have Grady Jarrett. But uh, yeah, I mean, this this roster is not very good. Other than that cornerback duo, which is exceptional. So I would probably have Atlanta going like 5-12. and 12.
2: Yeah, I got them going. Oh. Uh- 4-13, and 13, actually, uh, just because I think the only bright spot on their offense, well, I like Drake London, but Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is going to be the best tight end in the league this year. He's lining up as receiver. He can block. He can uh, line up as tight end, obviously. But I do think Mariota might get benched by, like, week 8 or 9, you know, when the record's not good, and I think they're going to give the rookie a shot see what he has, and I do think they're going to have a top 3 pick next year.
1: One thing I need to say about the Atlanta Falcons, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter, Desmond Ritter. Start him, start him, start him now. He, I think, is great, and I think he has Kyle Pitts to throw to. You have Drake London, who I think is going to be a monster. I mean, this offensive line is bad, but I think Desmond Ritter will be starting for this team at some point in the season. I mean, Cordell Patterson's a versatile weapon. Kyle what do you like Pitts... About
2: Ritter?
1: I like Ritter. I think he's good. I think he's got the ball... Ball accuracy. I think he's got good throw power. I think he has good pocket awareness. I just think I'd rather give him a shot since he's young. You know.
2: Do you like him better
1: than Pickett? Um, as of right now, no, because I think Pickett has the better receiving quarter throw to. Well, who do you, well, like who do you back-
0: think? Who do you think's better though?
1: Who I do I personally think is better? Pickett. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Do you like him better than Malik Willis?
1: Do I like Pickett better than Malik Willis? No. Do you like Ritter? Better than Malik Willis? No. I think Willis is in a better coaching situation and has better stuff around him, mm-hmm. just in my opinion.
2: So what do you think that record's going to be?
1: Um, honestly, this roster has some bright spots with Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett at D-Tackle. I like that linebacker core core with Sean Evans from Tennessee and Michael Walker. A.J. Terrell has been shown he's one of the better. Very corners. underrated. He's very underrated. Casey Hayward on the other side also of him is underrated. also very good. So I think the secondary has some, like, potential to shine with Richie Grant at free safety, too. But outside of that, um, it's just not that great of a roster, and they play in a tough division. Yeah, I don't
2: know how their run game's going to be, either, because they got Cordo Patterson, Damian Williams, and then the rookie Alex, The O-line's yeah. horrible. Yeah, the, the O-line's, O-line's not good. I do think Patterson's going to be lining up as a receiver. Yeah, because he's versatile. And yeah. plus,
1: um, they do play in a tough division. I mean, the Saints and Bucks are obviously no slouch of a joke to be really? playing against. Um, I actually had the Falcons probably going. um Four and thirteen.
2: Yeah, that's what
1: I said. yeah, they have like one of the harder schedules too in the NFL yeah. just now at the roster. I think four and thirteen, them and the Bears probably could be competing for like the one and two picks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we can move on to the Carolina Panthers, twenty third ranked roster according to PFF War. They'd be a four point underdog against an average team on a neutral field, and their win total sits at six and a half. Super excited for Carolina and Baker Mayfield. Who I think got unnecessary hate last season as he played injured, and he was also a top twelve quarterback back in twenty twenty. He was also a top twelve quarterback in his rookie season, uh, and I'm really excited to see how Mayfield can do with some decent weapons here with Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Uh, tight end is going to be a big issue there, uh, but I mean, if you look at Carolina. Another issue with them would definitely be offensive line, the 24th-ranked offensive line. But I really hope they can put Baker Mayfield in a position to succeed uh, because I think he can certainly be a really good quarterback in this league. Uh, Defensively, last year they were a very good defense. They were an exceptional defense last season. And it's going to be really interesting to see how J.C. Horn does, who had a really good start last season before injury. They have Jeremy Chin and uh brian burns also exceptional player so i mean i'm gonna go for carolina i think they'll go like seven and ten so they're sort of in the rebuilding process
1: yeah i think seven and ten is very fair especially with their average strength of schedule um love the um pick at left tackle even though he was taking for evan neal i think evan neal is personally better but he was probably around the second best tackle in that draft so him or Neal couldn't go wrong in my opinion like the Cade Mays pick later in the rounds, I think he's going to get a right guard start and shine. They did get Austin Corbett from the Rams, who's pretty good. Uh, Taylor Mullen's been one of the better tackles. He's been with this team for a while. Obviously, can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy? I like the weapons around Baker. Obviously, you have DJ Moore. You have Robbie Anderson. I like Lavisco Chenault they got from Jacksonville. Rashard Higgins from Cleveland's pretty good for a wide receiver four. And the defense, they have a really, actually, really good front four. Um, Derek Brown from Auburn has been a beast. Brian Burns is one of the better edge rushers. Matt Ianditus came over from the Washington Commanders. He's been a really great D-tackle. You have Yatir Gross-Montos, who I'm a fan of. And I think the secondary shines too. Deontay Jackson, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn. I'm excited to watch Horn. Jeremy Chin's been a stud since he came in, so... I think 7-10 and 10 is a fair record for this team. If they honestly went about 8-9, and nine, I wouldn't be surprised either. But this is going to be a fun team to watch. And I think it's like another one of those NFC sleeper teams where it could go either way for them.
0: Yeah, definitely. So now we're going to move on to the New Orleans Saints. 11th ranked roster according to PFF War. And on a neutral field, they'd be a one-point underdog against an average team. Their win total sits at eight and a half. I think New Orleans is very underrated according to the markets. Like I said, they're the 11th best roster according to War. I think Jameis Winston is very underrated. He was very good last year when he was healthy. And they have some great weapons with Michael Thomas if he can stay healthy and be back to his 2019 form. Landry, Olave, and of course Alvin Kamara. Uh, New Orleans' offensive line is not what it was a few years ago. It's the 21st ranked O-line, but... I'm excited for New Orleans. I think they'll be they're probably my sleeper team this season. I think obviously they'll give Tampa Bay trouble like they usually do. And this defense, I mean, this defense is could be the number one defense in the NFL with Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport up front. Uh at linebacker, you have Demario Davis, one of the best linebackers in the league. And their secondary is also really good with Marshawn Lattimore and Tyron Matthew. So this is a really really good defense. And I think that New Orleans their win total, like I said, is, is nine and eight. I think New Orleans could probably go ten and seven this season. And like I said, I think they'll they'll take a game from Tampa like usual. Uh and this is really a team that could give this is a team that could upset a lot of, of teams.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I actually really like the Saints. I think their offensive line, even though losing Toronto upset got worse, but it's not bad. Ryan Ramchak is a stud at tackle. Cesar Ruiz has been really good at right guard. And Eric McCoy, the center, has been a stud for a while. And I like the Chris Olave pick, obviously, at wide receiver. Him, Michael Thomas, even Jarvis Landry, even though Landry is getting older now, I think is obviously still one of the better wide receiver threes. But he's not the wide receiver one he used to be. And this defense is really good with Cameron Jordan. Demario Davis is one of the better linebackers in the league. I think Marcus Davenport's overrated, but I think playing next to uh, Cameron Jordan helps him a lot. And The secondary is obviously very good. You got Marcus May from the Jets. You got the Honey Badger who came from Kansas City, and Marshawn Lattimore has proved to be one of the better corners now in the NFL. And I like them at 10-7, and, and they won 11-6. I still wouldn't be surprised. Um, I think that they're going to be one of the NFC wildcard teams, for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I really like the Saints, but I do think they are a quarterback away from going to a Super Bowl. Um, this team is stacked on defense. they got offensive weapons. I love Kamara. I mean, their whole season, I think, is riding on what can Jameis Winston do. And if he's good enough, then, they're, yeah, they're definitely going to be a wild card team. And I do think they could make a deep playoff push if he is playing good. Um, but if we see the bad side of Winston, I think their floor can be 8-9. and nine. <coughs> But I do think they're going to go 10-7. and seven. I think Winston's going to be good enough to get them to the playoffs. Um, but I don't think they're... Got
0: to go that far, but you never know. Yeah, so now we can move on to the Tampa Bay Bucks, Number one roster, according to PFF War, they are a five-point favorite against an average team on a neutral field, and they have an 11.5 win total. So with Tampa Bay, obviously the big story is the offensive line with Ryan Jensen going out, and now Robert Hainsey moving to center. Additionally, uh, Aaron Stinney also out for the season. They did get Shaq Mason, who's great at right guard. Uh, tight end is a big question mark with Brayton Rudolph, who both aren't very good. Uh, we have seen that there is a possibility that Gronkowski comes back mid-season. Obviously, their wide receiver group is one of the best in the NFL with Evans, Godwin, Gage, Julio. It'll be interesting to see if Godwin does play week one against the Cowboys And defensively, a great pickup in Akeem Hicks, and that tandem of Hicks and Vea is one of the best in the NFL for stopping the run, along with someone like Golston. I think Joe Tryon-Shawink is also going to break out this season, and they have a lot of stars on defense with David and Barrett. Carlton Davis, a very good corner, Winfield. Uh, My only concern with Tampa is for the defense is their secondary because I think it's very... Uh, top heavy and if they get hurt like last season that's when problems arise because sean murphy bunting is just not a very good starting corner in the nfl at all uh, mike edwards replacing jordan whitehead is is going to be a little bit of a drop-off but edwards is actually still a very good safety so i have tampa bay at 12 and 5 in the nfc and obviously with brady they'll always be a super bowl contender
1: yeah 12 and 5 is what i'd have them at too love the receiving core obviously i mean it's probably the best receiving core in the nfl all around not just top three Mm because adding julio to that um leonard fournette has you know they you saw he was overweight but i think he'll be fine um he did get a lot of not as much snaps they're saying now but i think that'll be fine for him anyways But the O-line, the right side of their offensive line with Shaq Mason, Tristan Worf is still fine. It's just the left side I really worry about. I'm not a big Donovan Smith guy. I really think he's overrated. The defense, obviously, they have a very great front seven with Devin White and Levante David Manning in the middle. Shaquille Barrett rushing on the edge, and I think Joe Tyron is a stud, and he's going to definitely have a good year this year. Love Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks. I think that's like one of the better, probably the best run-stop and D-tackle duo, Vita Vea uh Vale has always been very underrated not talked about it, Top top three d tackle in this league and um talking about their secondary their corners worry me but they they did get safety death this year um in case mike edwards maybe doesn't pan out or someone goes down they did Broke sign logan ryan down. and they did sign keanu neal so i have bucks 12 and 5 win the nfc south and like you said with brady and all them never count them out
2: yeah i like this team um the only problem I have with it is the quarterback position, I do think Brady is gonna regress a lot. He's washed. Um, I think they should start Kyle Trash. But now, jokes aside, I do think they could be a Super Bowl team. I think they are gonna go thirteen and four is my record prediction for the Bucks. Uh they got a all around great offense. Um, I do like Fournette. I love the addition of Russell Gage as like their fourth, maybe third receiver. They got Julio Jones who Reports coming out of training camp is he's back to his old healthy ways. Uh Brady has a lot of targets. The only question on this offense is the tight end position. But Kyle Rudolph, he's an excellent blocker. Uh pass catcher, he whatever, he's he's manageable. He'll put up some decent numbers with Brady throwing him the ball. Yeah. But I do I do think Rob Gunkowski comes back at some point. I don't think Yeah, I if. think he will too. I don't think it's if but when. Um, yeah. I think later in the season probably End of December, maybe mid-December.
1: Um, I don't think Cameron Brady's a bad tight end either. I feel like he yeah. really never got the chance because he was always behind Gronk and then Howard. Uh, I think he's going to do pretty good personally. Um,
2: PFF is projecting Brady to have the most passing yards. I do disagree with that, though. I think Justin Herbert or Josh Allen probably leave the league in passing. But I do think Brady can still be top five in all categories this year, even at the age of, what is he, 45? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah so
0: Tampa with... The interesting thing is Todd Bowles now, the head coach. I'm anxious to see how he does coaching that team. Obviously, last year he had a big screw-up to end the Tampa season with the blitz on the Rams and leaving Cup one-on-one right. with the safety. So it'll be interesting to see how yeah, Bowles I do does. I think
2: he's going to be hands-off the offense, though. Right? Yeah. I think yeah left be will be. be. I think it's yeah, just just going to Because he's
1: more offense. of a defensive-minded. Yeah, so. Right. So,
0: so I don't
2: think it's going to be. Yeah, it probably
0: won't make a huge difference. Issue? No. Yeah. It's not like Arians was some great coach, so. Right. All right, so now on to the last division, NFC West, Arizona Cardinals, 20th ranked roster according to PFF War. Arizona's roster is actually very similar to Vegas, where they have like a lot of top heavy, maybe like six, seven great players, and then it really falls off. Um, Arizona on a neutral field, they would be, so they're actually a completely average team according to the rating uh, with Vegas, and their win total is eight and a half, so Uh, Big season for Kyler Murray. He was an MVP candidate for the first several weeks before he got hurt last year. He was exceptional. Uh, Big problem is their O-line, 25th-ranked O-line. And in terms of weapons, they don't have really a wide receiver one until DeAndre Hopkins comes back, and that's not until like week seven. So that'll be a struggle maybe for Murray until Hopkins gets back. But once he's back, I could see Kyler being a, a very, you know, he could play, he could have elite quarterback play defensively. Uh so they have JJ Watt, who is still very good. Uh Buda Baker and Isaiah Simmons is also an interesting player. They have some interesting players on defense. Um, but obviously a big loss, Chandler Jones. So Arizona, I probably have what since Hopkins is out for six weeks, I I'd probably say like nine and eight, or I could see ten and seven, maybe if Kyler is, you know, really good.
1: Yeah, I was going to say 9-8. Um, I get a lot of crap for this, but I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan. Um, I'm not saying he's not good, but I'm just not that high and big on him. You know, especially with Hopkins being out now. I mean, they got Marquise Brown, but I don't really think, I don't think Marquise he's a wide Brown is a wide receiver, one. receiver yeah. one. I mean, I love Rondale more, but I don't know he's if still he's young, a wide receiver yeah. one either, but I'm hoping he can take a step up. Zach Ertz obviously kind of had a better year once he got traded to Arizona. And then Chandler Jones' loss is huge, and I'm worried about the defensive line because J.J. Watt is someone who you can kind of count on to miss some games and get Mm -hmm. hurt, and I think without him, they're not going to have a pass rush. I mean, I I love Isaiah Simmons. I mean, I'm really hoping he can break out. I mean, Buda Baker in the back as safety, and then Trayvon Mullen and Byron Murphy at the corners I think is pretty good. So they have some piece on defense, but – I think it's not the, one of the best defenses, kind of like average, maybe a little bit below average. Yeah, I agree. In the offensive line, same thing. It's like average to below average outside of Rodney Hudson, who's probably the one of the best pass-blocking centers in the league. It's just that I'm just not as high on Kyler Murray and the Cardinals as some are. I have them going 8-9, and nine, maybe 9-8. Nine,
2: hmm. Yeah, this team is... You don't know what we're going to get until you see them play on the field. I mean, without Hopkins... They mm-hmm. receive. I mean, you got Marquise Brown, who's good, but you got Rondé Moore, who's okay. But this team a lot of question marks, and you don't know what you're gonna get until they hit the field. But I do think they can go nine and eight, ten and seven, um, if they have a good record by the time Hawkins yeah, comes back. Yeah, it could potentially be a wild wild help them. They might be a wild card team. They might miss playoffs by a game or two, but yeah, I got them going nine and eight.
1: Also, I do love
2: Kyle Murray, though.
1: I yeah, I'm just, I'm just not. I know you're not a big fan, area. but I
2: do love Kyle Murray. Thing. It's
1: more just the fact that, like, um, it's not like it's another not easy division with the Rams and 49ers. So, like, those are always tough games. Tough to play. Play. I think this might be
2: the toughest division in the NFC. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Definitely yeah, yeah. easily. I, I think, easily. I mean, because the other divisions, you got two good teams and yeah. two bad teams. So. Yeah, well, we you yep. see,
1: um, I mean, it's also a team that put Colt McCoy in sometime last year and won games in a row, so... It's obviously a good system Cliff Kingsbury has, but mm-hmm. I have Cardinals eight and nine, nine and eight around that range. Yeah, so we can move
0: on to the reigning Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, number four ranked roster according to PFF War. They're they're a three point favorite on a neutral field against an average team, and their win totals at ten and a half. So the Rams, uh, obviously, great season last year. Stafford was great. Uh, they did lose Odell Beckham Jr. and Robert Woods this season, but they did replace them with Allen Robinson. And Van Jefferson still very good. Obviously, uh, one of the best wide receivers in football in Cooper Cup. Fantastic tight end and Tyler Higbee. This O-line is ranked 11th, so it's going to take a little bit of a step back with Whitworth retiring, definitely. Uh, but still a very good offense. Uh, now, at running back, obviously... I'm very low on Cam Akers with the torn Achilles. And I think, I mean, if you look at the history of running backs with torn Achilles, I don't think any of them in the history of the NFL have ever played a complete season after that. And they're all out of the league within two years. So that I'm a little bit worried about, but it doesn't matter because they have Henderson anyway and he'll be fine. So the defense still excellent with Aaron Donald, the best defensive player in football, and Leonard Floyd. And a huge addition in Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers. Maybe not anymore one of the best, but he's still a top-10 linebacker, I'd say. And, um, yeah, secondary-wise, it's still solid with Troy Hill and Jalen Ramsey, Taylor Rapid Safety. So for the Rams, I think they have one of the hardest schedules in the NFL, right? So I guess for the Rams, I'll go, like, 11-6. and
1: Yeah, they're the second-hardest, but... um. I'm saying twelve and five just because you know you got the great coach with Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. You still have your receivers. You have Stafford. the Throw line didn't take a huge loss besides Whitworth, and then obviously you know you have arguably two of the best uh, football players at their positions on defense with Aaron mm-hmm. Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Bobby Wagner comes in, veteran presence at linebacker. Which i really Bon Miller needed. might
0: be a big loss. Yeah, but you you could they still have be. Donald.
1: I mean, you, t- you see Aaron Donald getting three guys mm-hmm. on him, so. Yeah. Opens up a lot of stuff. About
2: Stafford, he's got that lingering injury that they said is gonna be. Oh yeah, with his wrist. Yeah. His so, wrist. I mean, so that'll be in some... hand. Yeah, I believe so.
1: So that'll be something to monitor. So, yeah, so that'll be something, be something to
2: watch. To watch. So yeah, they might throw the ball less this year than what they did last year.
1: Yeah. So maybe 11 tall and five, but I think they win this division. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, eleven and six. Might
1: yeah. Them. All right. So
0: now moving on to the Forty ers Really interesting team. According to PFF, War sixteenth ranked roster. They're a two-point favorite on a neutral field against an average team, and their win total is 9.5. Obviously, this team is all dependent on how is Trey Lance going to be, and we really don't know because his sample size of plays is so small. And even if Trey Lance doesn't pan out, they still have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is still arguably you know an above-average quarterback as their backup, which is pretty ridiculous. And this system with Kyle Shanahan has tons of weapons with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Mitchell. Their offensive line is maybe not elite, but it's still it's ranked 14, so it's still a solid offensive line, and they have one of the best players in the NFL and Trent Williams. So, whether Lance or Garoppolo is the starter, I still think they're the second best team in the NFC West. Now, if we look at the defense, uh, a lot of good players with Armstead and Bosa, Fred Warner, arguably the best linebacker in the NFL. Uh, I'd say the big question for the defense is the secondary.
1: Oh yeah, I can agree on that. Their secondary is not that good. It's their front seven that shines in this defense. But um I like to take a minute to talk about Lance. Um it just kinda of blew my mind that they traded all the picks and everything for Trey Lance. I mean Jimmy G I know isn't the best, but in this system and team he's been playing above average. He's and he's taken them good. deep in the playoffs. And last year they were what, a drop pick away from going to the Super Bowl against the Rams. Going to the uh and oh yeah going to Bowl, yeah because yeah, they remember they beat yeah because they beat yeah. the Cowboys and everything yeah so I mean that always kind of went questionary and then like benching Garoppolo when that quarterback was one play away for something that wasn't his fault to go into the Super Bowl and he's already been to the Super but, Bowl but I mean I'm not an NFL GM so I'll let them decide that and have their reasonings but offensive line is still pretty good obviously Trent Williams is the best left tackle in football well Samuel just got his big contract, and you obviously know that that guy does everything for them. So we'll see. It's it's going to come down to how can Trey Lance play, and uh, the 49ers have about the 13th easiest schedule, so we can see how they play. Um, I think the 49ers probably go 10-6, hmm. I mean, 7 I'll um, go 10-7 too. I got them
2: going 10-7, but them... Keeping Garoppolo on the team makes me believe that they're not sold on Trey Lance Yeah, yeah I, per, well, I, I 100% agree. There is agree. no other reason why they would keep Yeah, Garoppolo it's a big because, security blanket.
1: Because I'm pretty sure the Giants were even somewhat in play for Garoppolo.
2: Seattle. Seattle.
1: Uh, Atlanta was... Atlanta, the Lions, Texans. So yeah, there's just
2: them keeping Garoppolo it makes me believe that. Because
1: I don't think Trey Lance is going to be the answer anyways of the guy.
2: I do think Jimmy G, if Lance struggles early, like the first four oh, yeah. games, I do think Jimmy G comes in for the rest of the year and then... They're going to have to address the QB situation again next year.
1: Yeah. Which they could. Because they gave him a good amount of money to stay for one year with, like, no-player team thing, so he can just dip.
2: They also lost their offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniel, to yeah. the Dolphins. Which yeah, but Kyle no, Shanahan also yeah, they'll, they'll they'll fine. Know, I yeah. like Shanahan, yeah. too, but um, Shanahan loved McDaniel, and I think he's the one that created the playbook. Well, for the, the playbook, run game. For the run game, right.
0: Yeah, and our last team now is the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they are the 28th-ranked roster, according to PFF War. They'd be a six-point underdog against an average team on a neutral field. Win total, 5.5. Geno Smith is the starting quarterback. He has great weapons with Penny, Lockett, Metcalf. uh, uh, Well, they now have Noah Fant, too. So great weapons, but the big problem is it is the 32nd-ranked O-line, so this is a terrible situation for a quarterback to be in. So, I mean... Yeah, this is just kind of a crapshoot for for like Gio yeah. Smith. This sucks
1: because this team was so great, obviously, from the Legion of Boom until last year. Um, I have this team probably going four and thirteen, maybe five and twelve. I'm gonna probably just go four and thirteen because they do have uh one of the harder schedules in the NFL. Yeah, I'll go
0: four and thirteen too. I'm
1: gonna go four and thirteen. Um, there's not really much to talk about on this team. There's only one player on the defense I like, which is Jordan Brooks. So I think he's really good. But this defense is not that good, and their offensive line is still very, very bad. And yeah. outside of that, all they have is Metcalf Lockett and Noah Fant, Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker, the two running backs. And this team just isn't good. It sucks. I think Pete Carroll's probably going to retire soon.
0: Yeah, he's kind of washed up. Yeah, like, he can't... hasn't adjusted to the— I think they're yeah, not bad one
2: for the first
1: overall pick. Yeah, it's going to be like—yeah, this is going like, yeah, to be like the Stroud-Young sweepstakes. Yeah. Um,
2: Between them, Atlanta. And Houston, probably. And... Houston, I don't think they're gonna be that Maybe. bad. Where they're gonna be battling for the? I do think Giants are gonna be worse than Houston. Oh, in my wow. personal. Opinion. Wow, that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah, that's a hot take. A hot take, but I, I just think I'm not sold on Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, I'm not either, and I'm a fan. It just comes down to whether he can, you know, play. Giants better, much better
2: roster than Seattle. But I do yeah. think Bears overall get the the best pick in the. Draft. Yeah, so I, I think Seattle four
1: and thirteen. Team. This team's just terrible. Yeah, there's nothing much to talk
2: about. Yeah, there's not much to
0: talk about. So we can move on to first we can do MVP predictions and then we'll do Super Bowl predictions. So for MVP for me, I will go with Josh Allen. If you look at his two playoff games last season, they were both two of the greatest quarterback games of all time in the history of the league. And if he can continue that pace, he should definitely be able to get the MVP. Something to really look at with MVP is... Your record because the voters really look at if you're the number one or two seed when they're voting. And Buffalo has the highest probability to be the number one seed out of any team in the NFL. So they have the easiest path. So there's a high probability that Josh Allen is going to get the first round by in the AFC. And I think he's going to put up spectacular numbers. They have all the weapons in the world. And I have Josh Allen, especially with like Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's a sleeper on that offense. And obviously, I think Gabe Davis is going to break out. They also got, they drafted James Cook. Uh, so it's just really, I mean, it's weapons galore. Dawson Knox. So I'll go with Josh Allen.
1: MVP. I'm not picking Josh Allen. I'm not picking Josh uh, Justin Herbert. I'm not picking Tom Brady. My MVP for this year is going to be Joe Burrow, I was deciding between him or Jalen Hurts. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm going with Burrow because I think he has the chemistry with the receivers. They have a good team. They don't play in the strongest division, in my opinion.
0: Now he has the offensive line. And he line. has the
1: line. And he's got yeah. a team. And I think Burrow, you know, obviously we saw what he could do with no O-line.
2: And now he has one. not the one, best so. of
1: team, and they went into the Super Bowl. So I'm picking Burrow for
2: my MVP. I think that's a great pick. My MVP is Patrick Mahomes. Wow. I'm- think he's going to be able to put up great numbers even without Hill. And I think that's just going to be the storyline at the end of the year that Patrick Mahomes won MVP without Tyreek Hill. And if he puts up the numbers without Hill, you'd have to think the voters will probably... The voters will favor Patrick yeah. Mahomes because he put up great numbers yep. without having that elite receiver anymore. Yeah, so that, I yeah. Think, I makes think sense. Patrick Mahomes, I still think he's going to thrive in Andy Reid's offense even without that great weapon. I mean, he doesn't have bad receivers. He's got Juju, Hardman... Um, You know, they drafted Sky Moore. He's got uh, Clyde Edwards, obviously, and Travis Kelsey, who's arguably the best tight end in the league. So, yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes can be MVP. Yeah, I think other
0: names to consider would be, obviously, Brady and Herbert. Justin Herbert, yeah. Okay, last question is Super Bowl prediction. So, Derek, do you want to start?
2: My Super Bowl prediction is going to be Buffalo Bills out of the AFC. And I got the Green Bay Packers coming out of the NFC. Wow, that is. Um, I do think the old saying is defense wins championships, and they have a top five defense. They might have the best defense in the league, maybe Saints, but I do think that the defense will carry the Green Bay to the uh, Super Bowl. Well,
1: this is a tough year to predict the Super Bowl. I feel like there's like really two to three strong teams in the NFC and AFC. I think with the AFC, I'm going to have to go with the Bills as much as I would like to pick the Bengals again. I don't want to pick the Bengals. Um, I think it's going to be the Bills. And for the NFC, I think I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams again. I um, NFC, though, I think is more open than the AFC because the NFC could be Bucks, Rams, or Eagles in my personal opinion. But I'm going to have to go with the Rams and Bills.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna keep my same prediction from last year, which was Bucks Bills, which I think if there were no injuries last year, in terms of the Bills losing Trey White, I think they beat Kansas City if they had White, and in terms of the Bucks losing Godwin, Werfs, Antonio Brown, I think they, you know, they'd beat the Rams and they'd go to the Super Bowl if they stayed healthy. So I still think. And the markets do reflect. Buffalo and Tampa are the two best teams in the league, so I'm not going to go with anything crazy here, and I'll just pick the two best teams in the league, which would be Tampa and Buffalo, and that would be a super interesting storyline. Tom Brady is like, what, 32-3 and in his career against Buffalo or something, and how interesting would that be for Buffalo to finally get back to the Super Bowl and Tom Brady is waiting for them on the other side of the field. So... Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll be we'll be talking to you soon on the next episode. You shine me,
1: I don't find. Out. You shine me, I don't find. Out.
2: You shine me, now. Why you so scared that somebody find out? I am a flex. Imagine your ex facing when he find out. I am the best, you hit the top, wait till they find out He not a threat, send him a text, put him on timeout Keep the flowers, send a hundred thousand Keep the flowers, send a hundred thousand Keep the flowers, I said a hundred thousand Took you out that metro house and dropped your name on my new album Your life in a change right now your Life a change right now Balenciaga for all your friends Hermes for the argument